Gonna Go Pizza presents SCP. The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle and Adam Wilde. So I would like to do a shout-out that is 18 days too late, but I'd like to read it to you anyway. Okay. It comes from our, our Reddit page, and it says, thank you. And every What other, a great message. Reddit, Reddit always screws me up because it says, Say, thank you, dot, and then it's self.stevedangle. I'm like, is Steve thanking himself? But actually, the username is under that. Thanks, me. Um, hey, so I know this will probably get lost in the midst of Reddit, but I wanted to get it out there anyway. It did. It did. But we found it. Uh, I started listening to the podcast a year ago, and it's the reason I became a Leafs fan. I don't really know how I got onto it, but I've been an avid listener for the last year or so. I live in a small northern part of Australia. There's basically no hockey fans around, although I have still seen Rough Riders jerseys in my local bakery. Uh, but because <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. But because I was listening to the podcast, my two little sisters started watching the LFRs, listening listening with me, and uh, have become Leaf fans as well. Yesterday, I walked downstairs to see my youngest sister showing her friends one of the LFRs, and I found out that they've all become Leaf fans through uh, through her telling them about the podcast and your video, Steve, uh, and have banded together to buy one of their friends a Nylander jersey for their 14th birthday. That's sick. Uh, That's we've gone, sick. We've gone through some pretty tough times as a family. My sister's been very sick over the last few years, and it's definitely put a strain on our family relationships. Things can be really hard, but some of our happiest moments in the last year have been uh, talking about the Leafs together, the three of us lying on our bed and listening to the podcast or watching LFRs or just sending each other incredibly blurry screen shots of LFRs as reaction images. My youngest sister burst into my room yesterday and yelled, Adam got married, like you were super close family friends. My my parents have accepted that that we that we talk about these three guys from Toronto who make a super fan podcast uh, like they're the guys we know in real life. And my sisters and I have found something we love and more importantly, love together because of you. So thank you, Steve, Adam and Jesse. We love the podcast and can't wait for tonight's. And that was 18 days ago. We love you. Beautiful. My goodness! How yeah. is that? That is that's absolutely fantastic. I want to thank Sasky for sending that in. Yeah, really. <laughs> and, uh... I want to thank Sasky for probably leading those listeners to us because I, 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 I think anyone on the continent of Australia probably it's Sasky's fault that any that we get any listeners there. The first lady of Australian ice hockey, as uh, she calls herself, and no one else calls her. But I does mean, she call herself that? No, I, someone called her that, and it's stuck and it's appropriate. I kind of like it. They should probably listen to the Blue Line Report on account of it's a good Leaf Blue podcast. Line podcast. Blue Line Podcast. My bad. It's not a report. Fucked up. There's the Leaf Report from the Athletic, though. Yeah, I think you're confusing <laughs> too. <laughs> the Blue Report Leaf thing. Hey, Stand. you're Adam from uh, The Bounce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, that no one else gets. I'm sorry. But, um, um, if you live in Halifax, you get to get The Bounce. Yeah. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Um, Canadian women, congratulations. Mary Philip Poulin, who makes it easy. What happened? Uh, I know, you haven't, won, but you haven't been watching the Olympics either, have nope. you? Um, <laughs> the, uh, basically, they're, they're in the gold medal round against the States, because of course. Great. Good. Gold medal game? No. Oh, game. It'd, it'd be the medal round, wouldn't it? No, I think, they, I think they're in. Oh, sure. Oh, they got into the medal round. No, no, sorry. They got into the game with the gold medal at stake. Oh, I didn't know that. Sorry. The gold medal game is happening. Not right now. This is, <laughs> but like it's the next game. Yes. Let's definitely. The next game Canada is going to play is for the gold medal. I believe so, yes. You're making me doubt myself let's, now. Let's definitely it's can, it's have Canada, a conversation the about this. Three guys who have not been watching the Olympics. <laughs> Any sport. Any of them. I was thinking about I the actually tournament. did watch the game this morning, and I'm now I'm doubting myself because I was, I was I'm thinking always wrong. about the hockey tournament, and I was thinking about how it, it feels like 
a Treehouse of Horrors episode of The Simpsons in the way that it's not in the canon of the overall hockey Olympic landscape for the men's side because the NHL players aren't there, so they don't really care as much. Right. So I feel like it doesn't count. Like if someone if someone dies in a Treehouse of Horrors episode, they don't really die on The Simpsons. So wow. if Canada wow. if Canada loses this medal, yeah. we didn't okay. really lose this medal. But that's just the men's. Just on the, the women's side, it See, matters. I am up watching this game yeah. this morning. By the way, I'm just jumping in here, if and you I weren't listening to anything I was saying. I first was of listening. all, so you just jumped in with what you were saying. But I, I just want to throw out there. <laughs> didn't watch the Olympics. <laughs> didn't listen to Jesse talk about the Olympics. Didn't what? What? I was right. It what was the, you want to It say, was the Adam? semifinal that I was watching this morning. Thank you very much. You guys made me doubt myself because now, because I'm wrong all the time, I have no confidence. And who did Canada play? Oh, we are. Ah, and they beat them. And I guess what we were watching above our heads that was, was Finland, US versus Finland. Finland yeah. This has been the other thing about the Olympics is I have seen some things in the morning that I've wanted to tweet about, but I didn't realize, like, I wasn't sure when I was watching it, is this live? Has this already happened? Like, what if I go, man, I don't know. I think Finland can come back in this one. <laughs> and they already haven't. <laughs> like, I, I, I just you don't, don't know. know if what you're watching is live. Yeah. yeah. Well, because they don't mark it either, because I guess when when you're doing the broadcast, if you say that this was recorded earlier, people are less apt to watch it with sports. Right. Mm-hmm. Although, honestly, some of the sports are so interesting, like ski cross and snowboard cross and stuff like that, where they're like, they're like racing and elbowing each other. That I'm like doubles curling. I was into it. Were you? The whole country was well, into it. Adam. Hey, listen, according to Steve Simmons, that's not a real sport. Man. He's wrong. We want a gold medal, so I'm okay with it. Yeah. It, it could be a not sport that gives us a gold medal all day. I'm cool with it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think you need to go back and look at what Marie-Philippe Pelin did this afternoon or this morning. I will. Because I watched it, and I was like, wow. Did she win? They won. Uh, well, And they no, are going to the gold medal it? round. The gold medal round where you get the gold medal. That's the round. No, no. no, no it's a gold medal game. Yeah. So did I, the, did I there's say that a medal wrong? round. Where you're playing for right. the, where so, you can, so it's like a, single knockout. That's the medal round. So, and then you have the gold medal game, which okay. is the actual game for the medal. Today was a game in the medal round. There you go. Because even uh, if they had lost, they would then be going to the bronze medal see, game. I looked at it like it was like Pokemon Stadium for N64. Like there's a round. There's this round and that round and that round. And then this would be the gold medal round. 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 <laughs> um, um, so, sorry, Jesse, to interrupt your Simpsons theory about the, uh, the Olympics. Um, so, you don't see this as. Is it? Is it's just not entering your lexicon? Is that what you're saying about the hockey thing? Yeah, in terms of the canon of the Olympic hockey for the men's side, I don't think it doesn't count as much. <laughs> the highlights have been neat. It's been a good Olympics. <laughs> the highlights have been neat. It's been a good Olympics for highlights because that's what I wake up to every morning. But yeah. like, you need to a big chunk of what makes sports fun is watching it live, and I'm not gonna lie, it's been difficult. So haven't haven't watched a whole lot. Have you watched more curling than the hockey? Absolutely. 100%. Oh That's a problem. I was, okay. Oh, yeah. I was at a bar last night with Caprice, and I was like, okay, uh, like just a local, like a local pub. And I wanted to go specifically so we could grab some food and watch the game and hang out together. Just That's the two of us. How'd it go? Well, it was impossible to get them to actually put the freaking game on because curling was on and it was Canada versus Japan. And I and I, I was curling like, is absolutely enormous I, in this country. I know. People don't get it. And I'm like, I looked at I looked at the server and I said, listen, curling on CBC does better than some hockey games. Seriously, I don't need the big TV. I said I will take the small TV, but we know how Olympic curling Canada versus Japan is going to end. We know. 
I how, don't know. How did it end? Isn't, Canada isn't the whole thumped thing, them. Oh, well, isn't the whole thing that Canada's struggling? Well, they thumped Japan. Okay, well, there you go. See, you know more than I do. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This episode should be called I Don't Know. The Olympics, uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> that could be any episode. This, this episode should be called When's the Trade? Oh, well, the trade happened. Well, there's going to be another one, though. Oh, you think so? Well, it's a new podcast, new trade, Adam. Okay, well, Michael Kepp, the U.S. men's curling team upset Canada. So National morning. That happened at some point. You know what sucks is I usually... <laughs> That's an update from the New York Times on the Olympics. I'm usually from very... From 2014. I'm usually no, very from five this. hours ago. Right. I, I don't know what it is this year. I don't know if it's I just got married and there's other things going on, but like I'm always into the Olympics, but I just like don't I'm just not feeling it this year. And I I know like Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer, insane like LeBron James dunking on on the rest of the you know, the rest of the field and they blew blew people up. And there's been like this uh, Austrian skier who's like a world champion got beat by somebody who's doing it for the first time who actually does snowboarding and they, she beat her by like 0.1 seconds like and, Eddie like, the Eagle except they won yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no that was that was crazy and her reaction was good too but uh, every morning I wake up and I just see oh Canada won uh, silver and something and I'm like hey neat and then I just go about my day because it all happened while I was sleeping it's a little sad because Canada is doing extremely well they we are? are third overall in the medal count and the Norwegians are like, <laughs> but it, I don't know, obviously, it how is the men's hockey team doing? Uh, they I'm lost to the Czech Republic oh, they and they beat somebody else. Yeah, they lost to the Czech Republic in the shootup, but I think that gives them a point in the standings. They they've looked fine, okay. from what I've read. Everything is fine. Because I certainly haven't watched. I was surprised to see James Wisniewski's name on a USA jersey, and then I remembered he's not in the NHL anymore. And that was a guy that was a big money, big yeah. defense. Oh, yeah. And he had uh, he's had some tryouts in recent years. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe he's one of the guys who you know has a good Olympics and uh, gets to return. But I think I don't think the U.S. has won yet. What if he's your deadline pickup? No way. Not for the Leafs. I'm just saying. What if no. he's your deadline pickup? You what? sign him. Just see how he does. He does, if he plays extremely well, and I don't know how he's played, he's your deadline pickup. Uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, deadline pickups, Chris, I think it was Chris Johnson on headlines dropped a pretty big bomb because the Predators have been surrounded with all these trade rumors because it sounds like David Poyle is trying to blow the doors off here and they might get Rick Nash and all that. And every team is asking for, I think his name is Ellie Tolvanen. Yes, of who's course. Who's their top prospect. Uh, and Chris is like, well, no, it, there's a chance he's their deadline pickup. And he's able to join the team once uh, his KHL team, I want to say Jokerit, is out of the playoffs. Because he's apparently really good. Things are heating up. Um, like, Kiprios dropped a bomb on Saturday. Don't be surprised to see Eric Carlson traded within the next nine days. Now, Carlson. Wow. Yeah, Carlson is an enormous name to throw out there, and that's what everyone latched onto. What I latched onto was in the next nine days. I forgot how close it was. Yeah, it is. Which means now it's Seven. less than that. Yeah. Seven. It's next Monday. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's so close, which means every podcast instantly out of date. And stalwart defenseman Michael Kempney was moved today to the Washington Capitals for a third round pick. We got one. He's an entire round ahead of Nikita Soshnikov on the value charts. Wow. Yeah. And was it this year's? I believe. Third it, round oh, pick? I believe it was this year's. Whoosh, whoosh. That's even more important. All I actually have right now is a third round pick. I don't actually have the confirmation on that. I mean, I assume it was issues, but who knows? Who knows? 
I can't wait to see what future 40 goal scorer the Blackhawks get with that draft pick. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Um, Leafs back-to-back, working backwards this weekend, starting with Detroit then. Uh, Win it in the last minute yesterday. And it was a great way to win. Everybody's talking about, wow, how did Austin Matthews thread that needle? And I'm I'm talking about how did William Nylander take three Detroit Red Wings players in that play and then thread a puck through like literally a pinhole. It was, it was such a great play. Matt, uh, not Matthew. Sorry. Hyman fights off two guys after Nylander wins the yeah. draw, right? Nylander wins the draw. Hyman fights off two guys. Nylander gets the puck back. He's being chased by Larkin. Can't catch him. I think it's a fantasy in the slot. Can't poke the puck off Nylander. So DeKaiser is in front. He's got Matthews. Matthews is his man, but two of his teammates have failed. So he's got to abandon his post to take the shot away from Nylander, which he successfully does, but the puck goes to Matthews. Matthews scores. Name the two Leaf defensemen that were on the ice for that play. Didn't even need to get involved. Like, that line is just a holy terror when they want to be. But were the Leafs... I know they pulled out the win. Should Detroit get some credit for a game well played? Even though they're not all that oh, good. Oh, for in the sure. Standings. I think I thought their forecheck was really strong, especially in the last ten minutes of that third period. I mean, they were they were yeah. pretty strong all game, but it was like this didn't seem like the Detroit team that has really underperformed and has all the Detroit Red Wings fans, you know, upset. Yeah, uh, their their defense was really clumsy and chaotic, but it was kind of effective. So Matthews, when he scored, that was his third shot of the game, and it was the third shot uh, any Leafs center got in that game. So Detroit Man. did a really good job of shutting down all the Leaf centers. I forgot to mention that in the LFR video. Kadri didn't get one. Bozak didn't mm-hmm. get one. Moore didn't get one. And does that include the two that he missed that were wide open on, like, the back half? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. no, well, if he missed the net, then it wouldn't count as a shot on net. Yeah. So I guess so he that's had a little a good skewed? Game. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he definitely had two chances where the net was wide open. He just missed it wide to the right. Yeah, that line had a good game. It was a very strange, sloppy second half of a back-to-back sort of game. Uh-huh. Like, uh... Yeah, they left McElhaney hanging. Man, what does McElhaney, like, do to just live his best life? Like, I want to know what he does so I can do it as well. Because every game, he looks terrible. Every single game. Mm -hmm. But the puck won't go in. There were so many times last night where the puck is, like, inches away from bouncing off his skate blade and this and that and that. Like, is he just getting every bounce? Or does God just love Curtis McElhaney? (laughs) And maybe. won't allow pucks to go past him. Random thought, maybe. He's a really good goaltender. Could be that. Could be that he went to the Tim Thomas school of of friggin' winging it. Yeah. And what did Tim Thomas get out of that? A Stanley Cup and a Conn Smythe. And became a meme briefly. But enough, <laughs> but enough um, of that. And Detroit that was in the woods somewhere, played. probably hiding out and waiting for the apocalypse. <laughs> Detroit also played really well versus Nashville on Saturday. So they've had a good little two game. Um, it's funny sometimes I see Detroit play and sometimes I see Detroit's highlights and I go, why is everyone talking about this team? Like they're completely and utterly, utterly screwed. They could be a move away from being okay. I looked at their cap situation. Holy actual God. They are boned. Super duper boned. Let's let's get into that. How boned is Detroit? And that could be how as boned are they? Um, So, okay. Mike green is going to come off the books. Of course, that's 6 million bucks. Peter Morazic, they're working really hard to trade him, and there was a development in that today. A couple teams are looking for goalies. Um, that is a guy the Islanders should target. Oh, absolutely. But 
um, there was something about Robin Lehner came, came or he might be coming off the market because he sustained an upper body injury. So now you got to look toward a guy like Peter Morazic. There was a rumor I read, I don't remember from who, that the Red Wings offered him up to somebody for a third round pick and it was turned down. Mm. Mm-hmm. But okay, Did so the uh, Flyers not just lose Elliot and Neuvirth? Uh They lost at least Elliot. I know that. Oh uh, man. Uh, yeah, Neuver. yeah, they're screwed. Adam's just stumbling on this now. What are these contracts? Yeah, so they got, they got. Wow. So, Everybody's locked up forever, <laughs> and Every- like not even good people. Like, like, good, sorry, good players. Jesse, I interrupted you. Like, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, just on the point I was trying to make. Uh, Neuvirth was injured last night. He left in the first period and didn't come back. So the Flyers are missing two of their starting goaltenders. Wow. That's pretty bad. Oh, damn. See, if Razik is your If your I'm Florida and I want to get out from under that Roberto Luongo contract. Yeah, but like the Fly- I don't see the Flyers as a team that could afford that. I don't know. Oh, Islanders boy. could. That's very interesting. Retain on it. Just get it off the book. That would be very also, interesting. Also, he's been good. But but here's, here's where Detroit is screwed. So they got two UFAs. That's it. David Booth, he's making well under a million bucks. That's pointless. Mike Green is making six million bucks that comes off the books now if you can trade Morazic, now you got about 10 million bucks to play with but it's not really to play with is it because you got five rfa forwards who are they adam andreas i thought to see you you're gonna uh, have to pay him a little bit of money dylan larkin gonna have to pay him a lot of bit of money anthony oh. mantha you're gonna have to pay him some money tyler batuzzi you're gonna have to give him a little bit and martin martin <laughs> Um, yeah, so now you got 10 million bucks to split between those five guys. So everybody gets two million dollars. Well, Dylan Larkin's not. Dylan Larkin's getting more than that. And Andreas of Tennessee sat out a good chunk of the beginning of the season waiting for a contract that was going to be way more than that. So the Red Wings got a shed just to fit those guys in, yeah. and then they're still going to have a crap team. What, what kills me here? Well, I mean, shouldn't say crap. Nah, it's pretty bad. Franz, <laughs> it's pretty bad. Franz Nielsen, 33 years old, 525 <laughs> until Dustin Brown's contract expires. That's That was our, or was it Roberto Luongo? Either or. He what, signed what until said, Roberto Luongo. What have I said for a long time? Th- those contracts, those purgatory five, six million dollar contracts, and that's their whole roster. Oh, yeah. That's the whole team. Tell me how Justin Applicator makes 425. Like even what what, what is the point? Do you see the defense? All of them are above thirty, and all of them are making four plus million dollars with no movement clauses. Wow. Yeah, with the exception of Nick Jensen, like that that is it. And then like I'm looking at like Luke Lendenning have... is their fourth line center. What made you lock him up <laughs> to a half decade one point eight million dollar deal? <laughs> <laughs> was He's same. your fourth line center. Didn't, the, didn't LA just you... do that with Kyle Clifford? They did. Like, uh, why did you do a seven-year deal? Years years years. Ago. Yeah. Years why ago. do we have <laughs> something like that? Like what? Yeah, they're boned. They are not. He in a good is way. an elite fourth liner, and we need to keep him. So now you're looking at a situation where some teams, or uh, I've heard rumors where like they're looking at maybe trading a guy like uh, Thomas Tatar. Mm-hmm. Are but like now you're looking at trading good players, man. And like, oh, I you know what? Okay, if you're a Red Wings fan, you don't feel bad about Zetterberg. I was about to point out Zetterberg making about six point one million for the next three years after this one, <laughs> and he's already thirty seven. He's but he'll got, retire. Yeah, he's got one of those currently illegal contracts. So and won't they be, got yeah. they got 
a cup out of it. So at least one cup out of it. And you know, if, so. if worse comes to worse, if for some reason that would count against the books, trade it to Phoenix. You know that, like, you know, like, I mean, that's what they'll do. I mean, that's what they did with that suit. They'd do it with Zetterberg if he decided to retire and it counted. Put a dollar in the Phoenix shirt. Um, they better go back to Phoenix, okay? That's all I'm saying. I'm losing a lot of money on the Phoenix chart. Yeah, um, Red Wings are hurting. So They're here's the fun way. part then. The fun part to me is that the number one leading candidate for Seattle for their GM job, because they have submitted for a team, is Mr. Ken Holland. He is? Number one can- candidate. Why is that? Oh, I didn't hear that. I heard John Ferguson Jr., Ooh. which made me excited. Huh. Keep going. No, oh, I just wish Seattle the best of luck. Listen, <laughs> five years ago, Ken Holland was the best general manager in the league. But what happened was Datsuk and Zetterberg became less good because players get older. Nick Lidstrom, well, that was more than five years ago, but he retired. Um, and and they were unable to do pull the rabbit out of the hat drafting that they had done in the previous decade. And so they have good players, but they haven't yet grabbed a superstar. It's the classic story of the, you know, Sony Walkman. You know, we we rule the world in this technology. No one does this technology, which is currently the best, better than we do. We are the best at the best and will always be the best. iPod comes along, wipes them out. Shit. The the Red Wings are friggin' a you know portable tape player. <laughs> Right now, and they hey hey CD player CD, CD player. player I give them an anti shock with at vi- least. vibrating yeah. headphones. I had those. Oh, it made stuff sound is. cool. It, okay, well imagine headphones vibrating headphones vibrate. Why? Why you I had those that? in grade eight. Why did they? Have they vibrate? made the bass for songs sick. <laughs> did they actually? Yeah, I've never heard of those. That's De- really definitely ra- didn't rattle around my brain. Yeah, I feel like you wouldn't brain. want that. I'm sure it went. So they went. They had like earbuds that went in your ears, and then it hooked around behind oh. your head, like the oh. sunglasses. Like where Trinidad you, yeah, track team say where, you, where you'd put your Oakley sunglasses around the back of your head as well. Dog, I didn't do that. <laughs> I'm, I've never been a sunglasses guy, man. I want I want people to see my frosted tips. I'm not gonna do anything to cover that up. But uh, yeah, I had those vibrating headphones. Anyway, point being, mm. the Red Wings like nailed it on a bunch of decisions and kind of rode that for a while. And isn't that what you do? Like it's funny. There's no sometimes when it comes to discourse about certain people or the narrative about a certain person, the pendulum does not swing the other way. Like. The computer boys failed in Florida or whatever, or maybe didn't fail in Florida, but they They took the keys away from the mid-road trip. They gave them eight months. (laughs) Yeah, and now Dale Talon's in charge, and the Panthers still suck a lot, and that's not being discussed at all. Ken Holland is the best, is the best, is the best. The Red Wings suck. It's just radio silence. Except for Detroit fans. Detroit fans are up in arms. Yeah, but who cares about them? They're just the fans. Right, yeah. Like this is this is what Hold I'm on, saying. Is this because he's a trusted hockey man? <laughs> he, he's one of the two hundred hockey men. Has he been? Has he been late? Because there is. If you are uh, labeled a trusted hockey man, mm-hmm. man, when you are showing, you are untouchable. When they were showing the Team Canada roster and like how they worked real hard to select all the players for the Canadian Olympic team, even though there were no NHL players, I'm looking at the people in the room and I see Peter Shirelli. And as I see that, I'm just sitting there on my couch going. <laughs> no! Oh my god! No wonder Chris Kelly's the captain. Look, I mean, well, because he was with the Oilers for a while, wasn't he? Uh, no, I thought or, he was a send. Or on a tryout. 
It might have been. I don't know. That's a, that's such a jerk thing to say. Yeah, what yeah, was that? that? Why are you taking shots at Chris <laughs> Kelly? What are you doing to you? Sorry, he was on the Bruins when they won the cup. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, but I think he did have a trial with the Oilers. Still a shot. <laughs> yeah, no, it was so uncalled for. You're right. I, you know what? I apologize right away. Wow, there you instantly. Go. Um, sorry. So, so Kipper says on Saturday that uh, Ken Holland's not going to get a new contract on at the end of this at the end of the season. Well, yeah. That's the rumor. Is that what he said? Yeah, because that that report about Ken Holland oh, going okay. to Seattle comes from Kipper on Saturday. So the, headlines. So okay, so interestingly, the report I read was half of what Kipper said, which is what drives me nuts about the aggregation of the news and sports, oh, really? right? Because <laughs> what you get is, and it's it's like this in politics, it's like this anything else. Here's the statement Nick Kiprios saying what he said on Hockey Night in Canada. I get half of that, which is he's the leading candidate for Seattle. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I didn't know whether or not Detroit wasn't going to extend him. Yeah. I, it makes sense that they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then here's my question. Okay, so Detroit. So, so, yeah, it was just if he doesn't get a new contract, Seattle will look at him as one of their top candidates. Okay. Because it's a long weekend, and I was actually going to go through headlines this morning as I was doing my prep, but it's a long weekend in Canada, so headlines have not been posted for this week yet at sportsnet.ca. It's a okay. holiday today. Thank you, guys. Yeah. For- Time and a half. We get time and a half. We get listeners and a half. Just learn that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> send us a selfie of you and your half listener friend. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, I, I, uh, I, what I, what I want to understand is this. Okay, Detroit. We haven't lost a general manager yet, if I'm not mistaken. Have we lost? Oh, a like fired this season? Nobody. Mm. We haven't lost a coach yet. No. Oh, and I think crazy. the reason for that is. Normally, there's a leading candidate on the market. To me, the yeah, leading the leading candidate JFJ. is JFJ, who's been an assistant GM in Boston forever. Um, yeah, he's he's been around, man. Like he was. Yeah, he gets unfairly labeled in Toronto. I, I think. feel bad because, well, okay, not only was he the youngest GM in the league, but he was like a puppet, basically. Yeah, he wanted to rebuild the team, and they were like, no. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, we've had Richard Petty on the show a couple times, and. Uh, you know, he kind of ripped on himself for the John Ferguson Jr. hire, but I, I think, what did he say? He said something along the lines of, no, he didn't meddle or something along Yeah, he those. said he, did, he didn't get in the way of player transactions. He said that with the Raptors and the... Mm. Well, he, he mm. might not have, but there are other people above John Ferguson Jr. who might have. Yeah, so... So he was only speaking for himself. I get that. I look at him a little bit like... I mean, like, Rask for Raycroft, for example, is... <laughs> One of the worst trades in NHL history, not just Leafs history. No, he just set himself up for his next job. <laughs> ah, ah, kind of mad now. No, but I look at him a little bit similarly to how I look at Pierre Dorian. Like, you can't take any of Dorian's moves in Ottawa at face value. He's got a madman who's his boss. Yeah, And now, he's got to do what the madman says. Who's now a president. And CEO. <laughs> Who appointed himself president. Yeah, that'll go well. That'll be great. That's like when friggin' Mr. Burns and Smithers were running around the power plant, cleaning up, cleaning it up and operating it themselves when all the workers went on strike. I'm just imagining <laughs> Eugene Melnick running around the arena with a feather duster, just <laughs> making everything right again. Um, I, I, I don't think it's going to work, but, um, Adam, but I, I'm curious to see what Ferguson is Yeah, your to point do. that there's no GMs on the market. And there's no head coaches. I would say that the leading head coach that I would go after, if you want a veteran guy, Mark Crawford, although I think his style's out, uh, especially after the season Ottawa's had. Like, like, I know Mark Crawford won a cup once, and I know he had some success in Vancouver and that sort of thing. If I'm, if I'm wanting a head coach, the guy I'm going after is Sheldon Keefe. 
Hmm. Well, okay, so that's it's interesting that you say that, Adam, because we were just talking about how there are no coaches available. But that's like, you know, Yarmir Yager leaves for Europe, and we go, oh, well, there's no wingers available. Like, stop going with the old guys who you know. Call someone wait, up wait, who's wait. new. The trusted hockey men? The trusted hockey men need to get I'm a little more you, creative. It's a thing. The Devils were the beneficiaries of that. Um, who is it? John Hines, I think, was in the AHL for a while. Remember there was a big story that one team reportedly didn't want to hire him because there was something about, like, his, they thought his voice was too high and no player would take him seriously? I didn't hear like, that. Like, this is the kind of old thinking that we have in this sport. This was, this was a while ago. And I want to say... Was he with the Pittsburgh farm team? I'm trying to remember the exact story. But you got to get a little creative. And you got to be able to go with, you know, why does it have to be a former coach? Like Dan Bilesman is probably going to be the next guy hired because he has done it in the past. But why not give someone else a shot? Well, I mean, that would be my thing. And if you've, if what Sheldon Keefe owns, I think if, if, if the Marlies continue on their pace, they'll have the best record in AHL history. Yeah, two years after having the third best record in AHL history with a completely different team. That team had Soshnikov, Nylander, Nylander. All NHLers now. Uh, half of the current Leafs. <laughs> Connor yeah. Carrick. Yeah. It's uh, insane. So I wonder, I wonder if Sheldon Keefe's a guy. Like, first off, Sheldon Keefe is gone. Like, I'm sorry, guys, unless, uh, like, unless the least go, here's a boatload of cash, which they could do. If you're Sheldon Keefe at a certain point, you're probably going to want to be the head coach, but maybe they, uh, maybe he comes up and is an assistant coach. You know, okay. What I kind of want to see, I want Kyle Dubas to be the next GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think that'd be great. That's me as the Leafs fan, the hockey fan inside me. The the trying my best not to be biased fan inside me wants to see what the youngest GM in the league, which I think he would be if he was hired, does with a completely blank slate. Imagine Kyle Dubas as the GM of the Seattle Krakens, as uh, Myrtle wants to call them. I think that's a great name. Should At least be the, Kraken. the Kraken. I want to see. Dubas would find a way to call him the Greyhounds, but I want to see that. But I don't. But mm-hmm. I do. But I don't. Well, apparently they want to try to keep the the current Leafs management core together for at least one more year. But then you got to think that's Kyle Dubas's spot, right? You would think so. I mean, that's the whole point of getting him is is to move what about him up. Mark Hunter. I don't know why this whole Mark Hunter thing came up. Just because Mark Hunter is great at scouting and great at general being the general manager of the, uh, uh, the he's not the general manager of London, London Knights anymore, but he's like no, he was he's like an owner. And yeah. like, listen, I I mean I don't know because the Leafs don't tell us anything mm-hmm. what his ambitions are. So if he's got the ambition to do that, then that's a little bit of a different story. But from what I have heard and understand. He came in because he wanted to scout and be a scout. Mm-hmm. And but him and Dubas have the same title, right? They so, do. They do. Every... I just don't understand why it has to be like you brought Kyle Dubas in because he was a young, brilliant general manager, and you gave him the Marlies, and he, as general manager of the Marlies, has given you the third best record ever and now almost the first best record ever. I think that's pretty good pedigree. Now, Kyle, or uh, uh, Hunter has given you uh, Marner. He's given you Nylander. He's given you Matthews by default, really. Uh, but all the, think of all the other <laughs> think of all the other draft picks that you know. Travis Dermott. Uh, well, this is the other confusing thing about the Leafs is we don't know who's responsible. Who for do what. we give credit to? Yeah, right. Yeah. But as head scout, you got to take credit for that. 
or there's got him and his team, right? You well, know, he's been a confusing GM too because the 2015 draft, like the Leafs are still uh, seeing the benefits of that. They they mm. killed it. They did so well, and then 2016 looks like they didn't do very much at all, other mm-hmm. than Matthews, obviously. Yeah. Um. I and 2017, I don't really know what to make out of. Uh, too early. That it's too early, but they also got Lilligran, Rasinen, which I maybe we should get into. 2016 was. Joseph Wall, Grunstrom, Korshkov, Matthews. It's not too bad. That's, Adam Brooks as well. Hey man, if you got yeah, if you Brooks, got, we don't know. Korshkov, we don't really know much about. Grunstrom. Grunstrom looks got, like he's going to be very good. If you walk good. away from a draft with two guys who end up in the NHL a couple years later, and a goalie that looks promising. Yeah, and Wall is like a he's a while away, but like but he's a goalie. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's kind of, <laughs> that's what they do. It's kind of perfect though. Yeah. You know because. Uh, they got what are the what's the Leafs depth right now? I'm trying to think. They got Freddie McElhaney, and that's the goaltending for the foreseeable future. Uh, but you also got Sparks and Pickard who can jump in if you need. Kaski uh, Swo. You got Kaski Swo who you could uh, just go go gadget and you know recall from uh, the Chicago Wolves. Then you got Wool in NCAA, and you also got a another kid in junior in the WHL. I forget his name. Scott something. Um, I don't know about him. To your point, though, sorry, I was looking this up. I wasn't ignoring you. No, sorry. Uh, for uh, I, I saw this thing recently. You know, no managers are available, no coaches are available. Blah blah blah. From this guy named Jason Paul, who I've never heard of, but his Twitter handle is at Wave Intel. Sneak peek at the pie charts for our research into the background of your favorite team's general manager. Where do these guys come from? Former pro players are in demand for NHL executive jobs. More so than their sister leagues. More to come. So, I mean, Jesse, maybe you can put this in the video because really I'll just have to show you guys. There's MLB. Mm-hmm. Orange, the, the orange slice is former players who are executives. Right. So look at MLB. Mm-hmm. Look at the NBA. The NBA is about, like, MLB is just a sliver. NBA is about a quarter. NHL is three quarters. Is look there at no that. percentages on it? Is there? Uh, I don't think so. Well, I think there's always been this wow. perception around hockey that unless you've played it at a professional level, you can't understand it. To which I say, Scotty Bowman won the most uh, games of any coach and the most Stanley Cups of any coach ever. How many games did he play in the NHL? Mike Babcock, how many games has he played in the NHL? Lou Lamorello, how many games does he play in the NHL? Like, how well, many of the Leafs? F- former pro. So, like, well, I don't know if Mike Babcock would qualify. No, he played like, university, didn't he? I think he played, like, pro in England. <laughs> or something like that. I mean, come on. I mean, well, hey, you're gonna get you're gonna piss off a lot of our no, but like, professional hockey DB page says he played at McGill University for four years, played in the uh, for the Kelowna Wings in the WHL, and he played for the Whitley Warriors of the BHL. Played, I'd be interested to see thirty six games for them. How many goals? What is the BHL? British, uh, hockey, British league. hockey League. Oh, okay. It doesn't exist anymore. He played. He scored thirty four goals hey. in thirty six games. <laughs> he had ninety eight assists. Oh, one hundred and thirty two points in thirty six games, one season. Go ahead and look up Paul Bissonnette's uh, stats from the uh, from the lockout because he went and played over in the UK as well. It was pretty funny. But uh, no hockey. You know, when we talk about hockey being stuck in the past, um, this is one of the things I'm talking about. Like. Look, when it comes to a team's breakout or X's and O's, whatever, what have you, no, I'm certainly not going to get into an argument with a former NHL player and tell them they're wrong 
about something or that I know better. I'm definitely not going to say that. But it's a sport that is extremely reluctant to think outside of the box, more so than its sister sports. MLB is run almost exclusively by nerds. Mm -hmm. (laughs) NBA is 75% nerds or just under. NHL is nearly 75%. NBA would be more nerds if there was a hard cap, I think. Sorry, say there'd, that be, again? there'd be no, more nerds running NBA teams if there was a hard cap, but because you can spend obnoxiously like the Lakers and the Knicks are known to do, and they're not even win, like the Knicks never win. Uh, it's it's you know that's the thing is that like you look at the Raptors, uh, Masai Ujiri is not. I mean, he's a he was a basketball player, but he never played in the league. But he's come in and he's created this incredible franchise that is the model of consistency and he never played and that's, or he never played in the NBA. And I think that's my point is that like, I think we need to get away from this notion that only people that played the game can figure it out. That's bullshit. I like this total crap. It's total crap. And you know, like look at a guy like Brandon Pridham and we'll get back to, to Hunter and Dubas in the next GM. I thing think in he just would a qualify as a nerd. Mm-hmm. Right. So and Dubas would qualify as a nerd. Sure. At least front office, the, the, the big four, half nerds, half nerds. That's a way bigger percentage. Is Lou Lamarello not considered a nerd by old school standards as I, well? Yeah, I suppose he would actually. Uh, yeah, no, he's the guy definitely that a nerd. Stole Scott Niedermeyer, stole Scott Stevens. Like, like just that story. Like great. his, the, I love that. the trades he made in the early nineties. And he remember, you have to remember, he traded away Brendan Shanahan, who was a first round pick. Who was an insane hockey player? No, Did, I think he? Shanahan was stolen from him. Stolen from That's him. That's right. the great story. So Stevens, yeah, the Blues went out and offer sheeted Shanahan, and they got him. And the next year, they or whatever, they went out and offer sheeted Scott Stevens, and the Devils didn't match. So obviously, you have to give the Devils a boatload of picks. The Blues didn't have the picks because they had just offer sheeted Shanahan. And so Lou is like, well, okay, we want Scott Stevens. And the Blues were like, ah, you're out of your mind. Here, let's go to an arbitrator. And Lou just dug in and said, compensation for Brendan Shanahan will be Scott Stevens. And you know what he got? Scott effing Stevens, because he's Lou Lamorell, the former or the future captain of his Stanley Cup winning hockey team. He just went, thanks, idiot. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. All hail the nerds. I'm just saying, um, you know, my... My thought is, is this, you know, I don't, I don't like the fact that there is this idea that only players can understand. I don't like, I mean, you see it on, I mean, there are, there are analysts that are former players that are fantastic. And there are some that are very much stuck in the past. And I am, I will fully admit this. I am for sure a thousand percent biased in Sportsnet's favor, but I have met all the people that work here and I know how hard they work. I know Nick Kiprios. He's great. He's well, really great. Kelly Rudy's who, been on Hockey Night Canada for 20 years. But he's Kipper's great. had to completely evolve as a broadcaster. Like, that guy's an insider now, in the same way that Elliot Friedman is an insider. Mm-hmm. Now, Kiprios offers a little bit more opinions. Um, you know, well, when I was with the Rangers and this, that, and the other, so he can offer a few insights when it comes to strategy. But when it comes to being an insider, like, that guy's a reporter. Yeah. He had to evolve that skill set. Not everyone can do it. Some people have humiliated themselves on national television trying to be just that. Well, and, and what I was going with that is there are guys, is, you know, guys we've mentioned in the States, and I'll just leave it at that, that you're, it's shocking the things that they say. They are so out of touch with where the game is currently, and they say obnoxious things uh, that are completely 
irrelevant and untrue. And <laughs> there's two of them that I'm thinking of specifically. And it's completely like it, like that. And that's the thing is that we are. Can we just talk about Jeremy Roenick and Mike Milbury? <laughs> I didn't say them. You did. Oh. Uh, right, well, but you know you what go. I mean? Like, it's just it's that it's that kind of thinking that permeates through broadcasting as well. And I understand like, you know, I understand having a player on there. But let's not pretend that there aren't other human beings who can't figure out the game. Like, that's, that's the I'm part saying. that gets me. It's this elitist thing that hockey has. And other sports have it, too. I love having former players in there. I love having non-former players in there. I like a mix. Josh. I like men. I like women. I like all colors. Yeah. But let's mix it up here a little bit. And I think the NHL needs to do that. I'm, I'm, I, and, and getting back to Mark Hunter over Kyle Dubas, I think that there is a... gotten to the Penguins. There is I don't a, think we're going to. No, we'll get to the Penguins. <laughs> I think there's a reason Hunter's name comes up further. For, uh, even more now. Uh, I don't think... Because he can sit. Huh? He can sit. Well, he can, he can sit. At the table, he can sit with us. Right. Dubas can't sit at that table. Because what did Mark Hunter do? No, not without a high chair, what did a bunch he, you just said. What did so, he do? What did Mike, Mark Hunter do? He was uh, one of the 200 trusted hockey men. He was the GM of the London Knights. What did he do before did he that? Play, did he play in the NHL? Yeah. I why? know Dale did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Mark played. Oh, there you go. A lot of, lot of famous hockey brothers named Mark. I'm just saying. Mark Howe. There's a Mark little Hunter. bit of... A little bit of, uh, there's a, and, and rightfully so, fine, because the NHL does tend to hire its own, like its own former players, fine. And Steve Eiserman has done an amazing job. I'm not to denigrate. Totally. I'm not totally. denigrating it, but Absolutely. I'm saying be open to it. And I think Steve Eiserman also signed Andrew already. If you're, if you, <laughs> yeah. I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If you're Hunter, why do you want the Leafs GM job? No, I think he's happy with what he's got. He's got the, the London Knights, which he's he's got, like, it's literally the Leafs CHL team. And or OHL team, uh, <laughs> and of. and and he's got a pipeline and a, and a direct route into who are the young best, the best young players in the league, the Toronto Maple Leafs, a team that he thoroughly that he loves, mm -hmm. are paying him a boatload of cash outside of the hockey team that's paying him a boatload of cash to scout for them and to have the best possible draft picks come draft day, right? Mm -hmm. Why would you screw that up with all the pressure of being the general manager? And now you got to talk to the media. Let the young guy take it. But then you got to take orders from the young guy. Yeah. Oh, like Is that would be issue. that hard. If you've worked with him this long, but not I, but again, under him. We don't no, know a different. whole ton. We don't know. Yeah, that's a very good point. Not we, we don't know a whole ton about the whole power dynamic there. Yeah. Um, I just don't, I have a hard time believing the Leafs would generate, would, would put this much money, but with, with the way they, they um, develop people in their system. Mm -hmm. As players, I have a really hard time believing. Has gotten so much better. You're right. Totally. Yeah. Why are they not developing executives too? Which I would think Brandon Shanahan is all about. So why would you put all this money into Kyle Dubas for him to go to Colorado? The, the New Jersey Devils just uh, grabbed up a, a new uh, video coach, Rachel Dory. Yeah, we mentioned it. Of course. And how old is she? I think twenty-one. 21. Yeah. Now, I don't think she would tell you she's perfect. And I'm sure she would tell you she has a lot to learn. The devils are going to teach her. And they're going to teach her for a long time. And she's going to bring her own expertise to it. And then they're going to have, who knows, by the time she's 30, who knows what she'll be able to do with that team a decade from now. I'm excited to see. Mark Hunter, by the way, played 628 NHL games. I had his hockey Holy card. Holy smokes, wow. Including. That was, that's not a cup of coffee. A run from 81 to 85 with the Montreal Canadiens. Boo! Boo! Yeah, fire him. Yep. Get rid of him. No, I bet I, he speaks French. Yeah, oh, probably. 
Hey, what's, what's get out of here, Mark, in French? No, um, it's one of those calming French people. <laughs> yeah, Pinkos. <laughs> one of those fascist liberals. What? Anyway, here, last thing I want to say about this is George McPhee is getting a lot of credit for the success of the Vegas Golden Knights on account of he should. Um, but I, I don't think enough is being made of how cool it is that there is a guy who works for the Knights who made a site because of some frustrated conversation he had a, in a bar less than half a decade ago, and now he works for the number one ranked team in the National Hockey League. That's sick. Tom Paraska, we had him on the show. Um, Friend of the show, Tom Paraska. Yeah, we can always say Pro that Hashka? forever. Pro, I don't know. Tom. <laughs> Friend of the show, Tom. General, General manager. manager. Uh, Leafs lose 5-2 to two in Pittsburgh on five Saturday. 5-3, excuse me. How dare you? Uh, you know, it was a wide-open game. It was fun to watch. The game is different if three things go differently. Austin Matthews doesn't miss two wide-open dekes. And oh, Leo Komarov doesn't, and he did this in both games over the weekend, doesn't miss a wide-open slap shot. Both games. See, okay, in the first one, in the Pittsburgh one, where he dropped his stick, everyone's like, what a moron! Why would he do that? Okay, you don't need to like Leo Komarov. You especially don't need to like him as a first-line player, which Mike Babcock made him briefly. He's not a moron. No, he's not. His stick broke what i think happened was the blade snapped but we couldn't really see it because it was flimsily held together by the tape he's not an idiot he didn't miss that and go oh while he was Is still in the offensive zone do, hold on to it yeah and throw it away out of disgust <laughs> he's not a moron you, we we can agree or disagree on what type of hockey player he is but i don't think he's a complete idiot um hey, come on guys come on Come on. Your anger is misguided right now. Um, definitely not a game that Mike Babcock would have loved. Fans do. Um, what, the Pittsburgh one? Yeah. Mm, I was frustrated, too. There are some concerning things about the way the Leafs play sometimes. A lot of the time. Recently. You know, they're... They, Boy, the, and they are all exposed against Pittsburgh, though. Every Leafs flaw is exposed against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I hate playing that team. I really do. And it's the biggest compliment I could possibly pay them. Um, we see it come out sometimes against the Blue Jackets. We don't see it as much against Tampa or a team like Washington, like two really good teams, like teams that just kind of go blow for blow with the Leafs. The Penguins just they know work harder than your team. Whoever you cheer for, they work harder than them. And it's not the most analytical thing ever, but that's what I saw in this game. They worked harder than the Leafs. They wanted it more. They grinded them. Uh down like Marner had a great game against Detroit and Marner has been great recently but he looked so soft and passive against the Penguins he, he didn't look very good you hard see, on the puck hard on the puck you got to find another gear like you you want to talk about constant playoff level when the playoffs finally arrive it's just another day for the Penguins Question. oh sorry go ahead Jess remember that um that exercise they did with the potato who was GM of the Leafs instead yes if on Saturday versus the Penguins, if you had a, a zero-sum player who did nothing instead of Jake Gardner in the lineup, would we have won the game? Now, Jake Gardner name. could be a little hurt. Hmm? Jake Gardner could be still hurt. Could? Well, I thought but he looked a, all right against Detroit. But he, if a he, potato, he had a great play on the first goal. Sorry, But if a potato who did nothing played, 
would we have won? I I I hate talking about Jake Gardner. I hate it. I hate it. There's no civil way to do it. Everyone, this is good, Jesse. This is good. All you're saying is specifically against the Penguins, he had a shit game. That's all you're saying, right? Sure. A potato would have had a better game than Jake Gardner. That's all you're saying. Sure. But for some people, it is all about Jake Gardner sucks all the time versus Jake Gardner can do no wrong. And I can't decide which one is more obnoxious. I hate them both. Is it possible that he's a great yet flawed person? I saw the player? stuff about Not Jake person. Gardner I don't know and giveaways guy. and, and oh, well, a player like Jake Gardner creates so much more from his dangerous play than what happens against. Why can't you just say he made a shitty pass that Evgeny Malkin caught and scored with? Why can't you just say he did? It was a poor clearing attempt. It didn't work. And that's what happens. But it's What's not so hard about that. Not w- one play does not yeah. does not sum up. Every time they talk about Jake Gardner, it's like, see that play? That's Jake Gardner, mm-hmm. as though it sums up his entire career. And that doesn't work. We know Jake Gardner is the extremes. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to define a guy, don't define him as one of the extremes. Define him as both. If he's the great and the terrible, then he's the great and the terrible Jake Gardner. And that's some days you're going to get one. Some days you're going to get the other. Recently, the last couple of years, especially, we've gotten more of the. He's been outstanding. He really has. Oh, Gardner? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, so yeah. sometimes he has a, a, like a hiccup. And, he, and as you say, Brian McCabe disease, it's a hiccup on a big stage. But man, when you don't notice him or sometimes when you do, there's some stuff he does that people just flat out cannot do at this level. There's a lot of Leaf fans that would be like, you know, just give Travis Dermott all of Gardner's minutes and trade Gardner. Tell that to Travis Dermott. He'd be like, please, no. Please, no, don't do that. I don't need that. I don't need that right now. Maybe one day. Yeah. That day's not here yet. No, Gardner is wicked uh, for his price, which maybe leads into another conversation. Um, Well, sorry, are we done talking about the Penguins or no? Do you want to talk about the rest of the Penguins? Like, I mean, the Penguins, it's interesting because, I mean, first off, Malkin's on a tear. 21 points in the last 11 games. He got a couple, or he got one more last night. Riley Sheehan had a couple goals last night. It seems like the Penguins, Penguins have become sort of like recently, like the Yankees used to be. Like, com- like everybody like, oh, the Yankees are out in April and May. And, then here, and they then come. Here, here they come chugging in July and August. And it's they're annoying. In. Yeah. It is like Penguins fans, you'll have to forgive me. Go away. <laughs> like, <laughs> stop. Stop. The Blackhawks were a cool story for a while. And then after more than half a decade of that, I'm like, go away. Stop. <laughs> I'm annoyed by you. But. Uh, they won't go away. They will not go away, and so it's interesting to see what what they'll do going into the into the uh, the playoffs. I I love watching Jim Rutherford's trades because he, they're always spectacular, uh, and they are not people that usually sit quiet at the deadline. I have a hard time believing that they would. I was watching that game going. Sorry, they wanted to trade Chris Letang. <laughs> yeah, right. I was He's like, good. Yeah, it's just the injury thing, man. I don't. Um, so what? Well, I was gonna win another cup. Go you, for it. Do you want to go into Jake Gardner now? Or do you want to talk about Matt Martin now? You want to go into Jake Gardner because you were about to say something what about, about, what about well, Matt let's, Martin? Let's go into Jake Gardner for a well, second because my Gardner talk was going to transition into Chris Tanev. Okay, so let's go into Matt Martin then. Okay, and then we will get into that because I don't want to get into trades quite yet. Okay, because uh, we still have to talk Nikita Sashnikov. It's going to be a long one oh today, God, folks. Yeah. Um, so th- the thing is, Jake Gardner, five million bucks. We're just under four point two five. Is what he's making, isn't it? Mm, 4.05. There you go. 
Jeez. One of the great deals of the Dave Nonis era. Truly. So that deal was made like a week after Dubas got hired. And a lot of people were like, well, Dubas clearly did that. Mm. We're going to let him negotiate a half-decade contract a week into his career. Probably not. but uh, I mean, He might have said something, but that's, that's a wicked contract. So let's, let's talk about Jake Gardner. So great price for the guy. What did you want to say? What did that make you think about? Well, the, well, that's the problem, Adam. It made me think about Chris Tanev. Why? Because Tanev makes here. Can you bring him up on cap friendly, I Chris sure Tanev? Yeah. Because uh, that was another thing they talked about on Hockey Night on um, on uh, headlines was the asking price for Chris Tanev and Which is, what it's going to take to get him. Something that bothers me about cap friendly. What? If I type in Canucks. Nothing yeah, they up. listen to the show, so they'll listen to what you said. No, just type in Chris Tanev in the search bar. But, but if I type Canucks, it should come up. Yeah, but there's a Teams drop down right Steve, there. That if I, I type Canucks, Canucks uh, should come up. If I lean into the hard drive and say, show me Vancouver Canucks <laughs> things, it should just do it. No, but... But right? No, I get Jesse, it. am I wrong? Why is the search limited to players and not teams as well? Yeah. I, I suppose. Hey, also... Um, do we want Brandon or Chris Tanev? We want Chris. All right, all right. So right D, he's in the middle of a $4.5 million deal with the Vancouver Winucks. Yeah, that's crazy. So he is a really good, just a hair below $4.5 million right-handed defenseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, in actual dollars, he's going to make 5 5 and then five two five. So his price goes up. He's in the prime of his career at, what is he, 27 or 28? 20, uh, 28. 28. 28 years old. The Canucks are asking for what is it? A first, a really good prospect, and something else. They want they want three pieces. It sounds like. And I didn't, I was I didn't like, know they were. I didn't even know he was on the market. I thought oh, they were keeping him. Oh yeah. Well, they, I think they're happy to keep him unless it's a crazy deal. Now, I was like, oh, I wouldn't pay for Chris Tanev. I wouldn't pay that crazy price. But what adds to a player's value, like Jake Gardner, we talked about it. If Chris Tanev was a $7 million defenseman, I would have no interest in him. Six, very little. Five, 4.5, all right. Now we're cooking. Cooking with bacon fat. Let's go. No, uh, yeah, I, I. when I was watching Saturday night and then I looked at that number, I was like, yeah. So yeah, tell I me what happened want, Saturday night. I kind of want Chris here? Tanev. The price. So okay. I tweeted out. To Canucks fans, I go, let's talk. What would you realistically want for Chris Tanev? And Canucks fans said, Austin Matthews, because they're really realistic. They almost all unanimously said uh, Timothy Lilligren. <laughs> nope. I would not do that. And Canucks fans, I will say this. Let's say you did get Lilligren for Tanev. That's it. That's all you get. None of this Lilligren in a first and a second. You're out of your mind. Yeah, no. Lilligren's, Lilligren is the only 18-year-old in the AHL, and he's playing top four minutes, and he's been completely comfortable. I don't think so. But devil's advocate, you're getting a right-handed defenseman in the prime of his career and on a spectacular contract for the foreseeable future. So that's valuable. I did see one suggestion. It's only two seasons, though. It's pretty good. Leafs are supposed to be pretty good over the next two but seasons. But Lilligren could be good for the next decade. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So there was, I saw, uh, the suggestion I was going to throw out there is a first, mm-hmm. Connor Carrick, mm-hmm. and I don't know what the other thing is. The Leafs have two second round picks. I would assume one of those things. That's a steep price. 
But you look at what uh, the Islanders got for Travis Hamanick. Could be more expensive. I want to know how far away that is from being reasonable for a guy like Chris Tanev. Another one I saw was a first and either a second or something, and Emily Rassinen, who the Leafs uh, just just drafted in the second round. I think this past draft. He's Six for the foot seven plays Yeti. Frontenacs, right? Plays for the Kingston Frontenacs. Um, Finnish World Junior Team. Because I look at Tanev's contract and I go, boy, oh boy, that would look really, really nice. That would look really, really nice. It's such a nice number. Um, I didn't realize he was that cheap. Well, so here's uh, my here's my question too. With, with okay, when players are bad, or when teams are bad. One of the things that NHL general managers hate to do is to trade. So, like, you look at where Montreal and Edmonton are. Another team that's been really bad this year that made a couple of key acquisitions this summer that did not work out uh, or have not worked out so far, and they've been a little better lately, is the Coyotes. Hmm. And you've got, uh, and I always say his name wrong, Shalmerson? Halmerson? Um, I think Halmerson. Yeah, everybody knows who I'm talking about. Long-time Chicago Blackhawk. Really great shot suppression numbers. And you've also got Jonathan Demers. And tell me, both of those... Jason, Jason Demers, excuse me. you got Jason Demers. 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 Greg. <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Both of those guys are about $4.5 million. Johansson, sorry, yes. <laughs> both of those guys are about $4.5 million. Demers did not cost them all that much from Florida. And the team's been brutal this year. So maybe he cost you a little bit more. But to me, those are guys that I'd be going after. Tanev seems like the top guy on the market. And the top guy in the market is always way too expensive. Bingo. You don't want to play, pay the Martin Hansel price. And well, even the Kevin Shattenkirk price. Exactly. So that, to me, if I'm going after right-handed defensemen, the first team I call are the Coyotes. Because, hmm. I mean, and, and I know everything hmm. that they do. Well, Homerson's left, but he shoot, he plays on the right. Plays on the right. Yeah. Fine. And, and you know what? That's worked out with Hainsey. I suppose. And also he's Homerson. Yeah. Uh, what about the Chicago Blackhawks and Connor Murphy, who have not worked out there? Nah. See, that's not a case of a player not working out. I think it's a case of a player not being very good. Yeah. So we what we're looking for here, Leafs fans need to decide what they want. Do you want a really good player, or do you just want an upgrade on Roman Polak? Because well, that's they, the debate I'm seeing on Twitter. Is that, well, this guy's better than Polak. This guy better. That shouldn't be your bar. That should not be your bar. We can just not play Polak. Like yeah, yes. So that shouldn't be anything. <laughs> well, there's that too. There's definitely we have, that we have, as well. If you need a replacement for Roman Polak, there's like three guys on the team already. Yeah, on the team. <laughs> so that's on not an argument. <sighs> no, no. Here's the, okay. I would. Ugh. If I was the Leafs, I would look at Tanev. I'd be willing to spend a lot. I wouldn't be willing to get rid of Lilligren. Oh, oh, oh boy, we got some breaking news. Oh, do we? Following on uh, what Diwali Sports tweeted earlier. This is from Diwali Sports? Diwali Sports, yeah. Uh, Rick? Rick Diwali, yeah, from uh, 1130 News oh, in Vancouver. Oh, this is Bob McKenzie quoting yeah. him. Okay, so uh, contract yeah. talks between Vancouver and pending UFA. Eric Branson are ongoing and progressing. Oh, Deal not done yet, but seems to be headed in the general direction. It will be interesting to see what good Branson extension would end up being. Most 26-year-old pending UFAD are looking at a lot of term, five-plus years, plus good Branson only played 30 games this year and 41 so far. uh, Sorry, 30 games last year, 41 so far this season. Uh, Reality is he'll likely end up with uh, lesser term. So that, that might save the Leafs from themselves. Thank goodness. Because not having good Branson 
you know, that's the thing. Like, yeah. Every, yeah. He seems like a nice guy. Sure, of course. But that's that's a perfect example of, is he an upgrade on Polak? Eh, maybe. But like, is that what you're looking for? He's a, he'd be a very expensive upgrade on Polak. But and Tanev would be just, he completely changes the dynamic of your defense. But so does, uh, does Demers not as well? Does Homerson not as well? No, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I think you you've got the right thinking there. Both of them do. And Lilligren is to me that's a guy that's close as close to an untouchable in the Leaf system as possible. Like that is a guy. He's that their you, best prospect. You can't. Yeah. So unless unless the name is to me, if we're parting with Lilligren, it's a package and a huge package for Oliver Ekman Larson, Drew Doughty, or Eric Carlson. If I'm parting with my top level prospect. I am, especially a you guy. You want to get Lilligren to Ottawa? Oh, but it's Carlson. But you hope Lilligren turns well, into up, Carlson. They would never trade him to Toronto, so we know that. But if I'm yeah. giving up my top prospect, who is like, there's there's a difference between like, here's Montreal's top prospect because I'd be like, okay, whatever. But there are teams with loaded cupboards, and their top prospects go for big NHL stars. I get Lilligren and a first plus whatever for Drew Doughty. I get that for OEL. I get that for Carlson, and not, I get that not Tanev, not Tanev. And no offense to Chris Tanev, but I don't get that. No, he's not them. But he's also half the price. Sure. This is the... It's a tough little debate. Put it this way. I'd be willing to pay a high price for Chris Tanev. I would not be willing to pay Timothy Lilligren. There you go. Okay. Um, Sashnikov for a fourth. People were flipping out one way or the other. At the end of the day, it's a guy that's played 70 games in the NHL and has 14 total points. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You wish... You wish that if you draft a guy in the fourth round who is Nikita Soshnikov, you did all right. But at the same time, like you mentioned, he's got 14 career points in the NHL. I was watching, like, Soshnikov highlight packs, and I was alarmed at how short they were. <laughs> I forgot. They're like, he wowed us with a lot of neat little moves, but he wasn't really able to put it together uh, very well with the Leafs. He was also in the offensive purgatory that was their fourth line. But I, I went back and looked because the Leafs got him as a free agent, a free wallet, as Brian Burke would say. And had he have been drafted, he would have been drafted in the 2012 draft, which wasn't a crazily good one. Jesse, can you look up the 2012 NHL draft on HockeyDB? Isn't that the Yakubov draft? The it is the Yakubov draft everyone? for everybody. Okay, I have it in front of me. Okay. Because, and can you arrange it by points scored? Okay. Or maybe not even points scored. Arrange it by games played. Okay. How many players have played more than 70 NHL games? A, a lot. lot, right? A lot, yes. Several dozen? Oh, God, like a page. At least a page? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How many There's too many to count. They don't have the number listed. It's a lot. How many have more than 14 points? Again, a lot. Yeah. More than like a hundred. Here, can I take a look at that? Because sure. I was looking at, I was trying to look at players who had roughly the same amount of points as Sasha and roughly the same amount of games played. Slater Kukuk for Tampa, but he's a defenseman. So he gets a little bit of a bell curve there. Who is the player? Who is the player? I'm looking for them right now. Mm, Jujar Kara. He's played 70 NHL games. He's got 19 points, so that's better. And he's done it in mostly a fourth-line role. Chandler Stevenson for the Capitals. 14 points in 58 games. Like, are any of these guys breaking your heart? Right now, Brett Kulak. No, he's a defenseman, so he gets the bell curve. 
Stefan Matteau. Any of these guys breaking your heart? Stefan Matteau part two, by the way. Yeah. There was yeah. already a Stefan Matteau. So if you were to lose any of these guys, any of them breaking your heart? Vince Hinnestroza? No. Like, Sosh has, like, less than half of the points of Hinnestroza. So, I don't know. Uh, everyone claiming that the Leafs uh, lost a huge part of their team. I mean, it, it's possible. When we watched Sosh play, he showed flashes of snarl, wicked shot, speed. He tantalized with the raw skills, but in 70 games, he never really put it together. And we know he's kind of injury prone. The Blues, on the other hand, made a very cheap bet on a player who might pay off. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, he doesn't have to pay off that much to be worth a fourth round pick a year down the line. And here's a guy that's that's not playing and won't be playing. So we got a draft pick for a guy that's not playing and won't be playing. And you signed for free. And and you know what? And I you got, got seventy games out of him. I got to shout out uh, uh, Jeff uh, Vayet for saying this on on Twitter. He said, "Listen, if the Leafs continue to draft like this." And continue to develop like this. This is going to be a thing that happens. Yeah. Oh, totally. Take, take it as a compliment, or at least a compliment to the GM staff. You know that is that's great. We have too many great players. We have to let a, a player go. Now, here's here's the other interesting part of that. Zach Hyman goes hard into the end boards with Oli Mata. Goes down holding his head. He comes out of the game. It looks like he's going to be out for a while. He came back that very game and then made a crazy play the next night. Insane. But the second I go, I see Hyman go down, crashing into the boards, I go, that's why you don't trade Josh Levo for nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly why you have a guy like that. It It's crazy that back-to-back years, the Leafs on the wings are just Lucky. the healthiest bunch of bastards in the entire league. Um, Matt Martin has not played. And I think the Leafs have won... 10 of their last 12, if I'm not mistaken. They've been crazy good. And yeah. since he has been scratched, that's the run they've been on. Does Matt well, Martin play again this season? Which is not fair to him. I think he only no, plays if there's an injury. Of course it's not fair to him. Yeah. I'm not saying that they're winning because Matt Martin isn't playing, just so we're clear. No, totally. But, you know, the team is clicking now. And they have been soliciting offers, or they've apparently been checking. Is this a guy that's gone by the trade deadline? I mean, you send a... You send a edible arrangements to whoever you're able to give Matt Martin to. That's it's a bad deal. It's a bad even if you think he's valuable to the team as a fourth line player, you shouldn't be giving fourth line players two and a half million bucks unless they're a center. Unless they're a center and they're Killing a really penalties. good penalty killer. Yeah. Like looking back, had the Leafs offered Brian Boyle that money? Like when I first saw that deal, I thought it was too much. Now I'm like, eh, I would I would have taken him. I would have taken him. But uh, other than that, no fourth liner should be making that kind of money. Sorry. It's too much. It's too much. No, when you got to pay Austin Matthews 10-plus down the line and Mitch Marner and Nylander, and, no, it's it's no good. It's no good. You got guys like Hyman's playing on, on the first line, making two. Connor Brown is, the, you know, a fantastic utility player you can put ev- anywhere, and he's making about two. What's what's Martin making two and a half for? No, nah, no thanks, no thanks. If they're able to get rid of him, that's wonderful. Even if they retain a little bit. Um, let's get on to the next issue, and this is a big one, and this is going to require some some. Uh... Are we at Fergie? No, <laughs> we're at Devonte Smith Pelly. Yeah, uh, I got to ask a question here. How the hell does this happen? And and I don't mean like five years ago. 
when we started this show. I mean, I know how it happens. Five years ago when we started this show, racism publicly was not a regular occurrence. What has happened in last... No? I, I don't know. Like, I, what, so Jesse's like... Was it? Was it? Am I, am I, was I just not seeing the world through the lens that I'm seeing it now? Or is it like, because this is, it's definitely, that. there's different, like, there's different levels of it, right? Because there's like, there's racism that's like, okay, it's under the, like, it's under the table, it's quiet, it's like passive aggressive, right? This is like outwardly fucking racist. The only other incident I can remember is somebody throwing a, a, a banana at Wayne Simmons once in London. In uh, London. And in a preseason game. I don't, how does this happen? And if you, by the way, if you missed it, Devontae Smith-Pelly takes a penalty, Chicago Blackhawks fans shout basketball, basketball, basketball. Yeah. So. Like, what's happened to us recently? All I have is someone else's words. Jesse, if you want to jump in whenever you want. Yeah, that'd be great. You go ahead. But the, there's there's a comedian. He's since passed on, Patrice O'Neill. We've talked about him lots of times in the show. And I heard him on the radio once, and he was talking about how he liked, uh, as, he, as he called them, uh, the crackers in the hills. <laughs> he liked... He didn't mind outward racism because at very least he was like, oh, there they are. But what he couldn't stand was the guys who tried to cover it up or the guys who tried to do it subtly. The exact kind of people who would say something like basketball or the exact kind of people who would say something like Monday. You know what I mean? Because that the when you inject, when it's... When you make him think about it, he found that more frustrating. You know what I mean? When you try to be covert about it, he found that more frustrating. So, I don't know. It almost seems like it's this weird half and half. Covert and just complete blatant racism. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Again, I'm just some white guy talking about it. Uh, I really don't know what to say other than it's shit and those guys need to be banned from uh, the United Center and every NHL arena for the rest of their lives. Jesse, do you have anything to say? Um, You're well, frowning. <laughs> I think Devontae Smith-Pelly said it the best. I'd rather just play his comments on do it because the guy in the incident talked about it. So, Right. I'm, I'm, totally. I'm uh, do you want me to just pull up his statement? Yeah. Um, do you, you need have... me to send it to you? No, you read it, man. No, no, no. It's audio. Oh, it's audio. You okay, because I read the – I actually read his statement, but uh, – uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. We can uh, send it to me, and we'll throw it up through the uh, through the speakers here. Give me a sec. Here, okay. While we're while we're looking for that, what I kept going back to, and I was going to tweet about this, but I'm like, okay, I have a podcast. <laughs> It'll be better to talk about it on there. How hard is it to get tickets to the first three or four rows of the United Center in Chicago for a Blackhawks game? Probably not that hard anymore. Uh, well, oh well, maybe. But still, you're you're not. It's not. These are not cheap seats. Also, doesn't that just say our, 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 our own bias about what racism is? We think it's just poor, uneducated yokels. It's not. Well, oh, I wasn't even going to go there with that. Um, what I was going to, oh, I, maybe somewhat related. What I was going to say is those people are either like seasoned seat holders. Mm -hmm. And like to be a seasoned seat holder, you probably got to have a lot of money, which means, I don't know, maybe you're in management. Like, imagine those people who were chaining that shit were managers somewhere right. at someone's place of work or their, their friends 
or something like that. I just I mean they're I just, on national TV. Somebody knows who they are. It yeah, it just bothered me that well, lots of things about it bothered me, but what bothered me extra was these might be people of some power in some capacity. Like in charge of other people. Yeah. So it's bad enough that they're there and they're able to scream these terrible things at this guy. I want to know when they when they left the United Center that night, what what did it end? No, these guys are assholes every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they probably take it out on a lot more people than just Devontae Smith-Pelly. Throw your headphones on. There's a three-minute press conference from the Washington Capitals. By the way, Wayne Simmons of the Philadelphia Flyers responded to it. Uh, and I'll read the response first. He, he said, pretty embarrassing that this still happens. Doesn't shock me, though, which is the saddest part of all. These people should be banned from every rink in the NHL. Hashtag ignorance. Absolutely right. And he tagged the Blackhawks in that. So here's Devontae Smith-Pelly on the incident in Chicago. Through what happened last night? Uh... Just in the box, um, and I just heard uh, you know, some, some chanting, some, uh, I guess, racially charged chanting, I guess. Um, you, know, you could tell by my reaction, I got pretty, pretty upset. Um, it was a little different from the night before in Minnesota, where that guy was just joking around, I guess, and didn't really cross the line, but... Uh, you know, what was said this time around across the line, so you kind of tell by my reaction. Um, what, did, what did your dad say about the incident? I mean, we've talked about this before. I mean, it's happened in hockey before. It's happened to people we personally know. I mean, we've had the conversation before. I mean, it's just a few ignorant people and, um, you know, being, being idiots. That's it. Um... So we talked briefly. I mean, like I said, we've we've had the conversation before. It's happened before. Um, so I mean, he just said it's just a few idiots being ignorant. Devontae, when you say racially charged, which is, you know the reports that we got last night was simply, you know, one one word was being used. Yeah. Was it was it was it more than that? No, that's it. I mean, I mean, it's pretty obvious what that what that what that means. It's not it's not really a secret. So. Um, just one word I mean that's all it takes whether it's that word or any other word um, we got the idea or I got the idea so um, and I'm sure they got the idea too so um, just one word and I guess that's really all it takes how disappointing is it to know that you know Brooks Orpik talks about in this day and age how he talks about in this day and age that yeah. this stuff yeah it's I mean it's it's disgusting I, I don't even really know um, it's it's sad. I mean, that 2018, we're still talking about the same thing over and over. Um, it's sad that, you know, athletes like myself 30, 40 years ago were standing in the same spot saying the same thing. Um, you'd think there'd be some sort of uh, change or progression, but um, we're still working towards it, I guess, and um, we're going to keep working towards it. We'll take one more, guys. The comment about basketball i mean have you heard that before in your career i think i'd read something about uh yeah it happened one other time and when i was younger and um penticton and i had the same reaction back then but um i didn't really uh tell anyone about it i guess i kind of just did it and, and kind of just brushed it off but um we're at a time now where you know we can't brush it under under the rug it's you got to call start calling people out and um making sure people see 
um, other people's true colors. So um, that's what I'm, I guess, trying to get the conversation started and, and show whoever these, these people were their, their true colors. So that is from All Caps TV, uh, and you can check it out. It's on the uh, uh, it's on the Caps Twitter right now. Did did he not sound like a guy who wanted to be doing anything other than that? Yeah, I actually got that sense too. Like I saw some people talking about like, oh, he needs to learn professionalism, and it's not all about him. Like, fuck you. Wait, who? Who said assholes, that? Assholes, just assholes on Twitter. About like, him? He, yes, that he didn't want to be doing that. He didn't want to be doing that, but the fucking thing happened to him. So of course he said something. What prof- what the hell are they talking about? Professionalism. What what was They're wrong with that? They're talking about their own stupid fucking heads. Like this is I don't know. It's just another one of those. God, Twitter fucking makes me mad these days. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be happy when the, the past Twitter... week has. Holy shit! There's so many dumb people. Holy shit! And I yeah I'm I'm articulating myself with a lot of cursing. But God, it just it just pisses me off. What's what's been noticeably different uh this time around i guess is more players are speaking up about it um it's very obvious i mean people have always been sick of the shit but they're being more vocal about being sick of the shit Devonte smith belly just spoke out chris stewart called out colton tubert for that bullshit last week anthony stewart was just on tsn talking about this incident you see wayne simmons in there uh talking about it on twitter and i think that's all really important um i think we're uh, you know we're getting to a point where people are addressing it properly but i i want to get to a point where we don't have to fucking address it because it didn't happen why does this keep happening well that's and that was my thing is that like that's what's pissing me off i can't remember and before the politically charged era that we that we are in happened uh, and it and and this show started before that. The show started pre-Trump. Oh, there you um, go. Okay. Before that, we didn't. This didn't. This was not something that I that I'd ever that like. It wasn't we, every week. I guess it so. happened though. It wasn't every freaking week that we were talking. And about I was it. also a lot younger, so I was I was less intelligent. Less Maybe worldly. you're more tapped in or more. Maybe we all are aware Hopefully of what's are. happening. I don't know. I, I have, yeah. I don't know. That, that's my question on this, in all this, is how the hell is this happening all the time now? You look... I'm, I'm confused a little by the conversation you guys are trying well, to tell, have. Well, tell okay. me. Yeah, because are you, are, you, are you shocked that there's racist? I'm shocked. Not like, shocked. Are, are you shocked that you're hearing about people being racist? No, no I'm shocked like, at no. the, the blatant and openness of it. Does that make sense? No, I, I don't. Like, are you trying to have a conversation about the larger society that races exists no, in no, our society? No, no, I, I mean, I think we all like, know that. I don't, I don't think there's a way to be shocked here. No, it's not shock. It's, it's not surprise. It's I definitely think, not surprise. I think that it's sad because it's not a surprise. And that, uh, and, and I guess, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't think hockey as a sport was, was outside of it. But I guess, Jesse, my, my, um, my thing is, is it's so, it's happening everywhere all the time now like that's that's the part that maybe i was ignorant and maybe i am and that's fine i'm cool to learn but i just i have never seen so many people willing to be openly racist before that's my point like how does that maybe more brazen but 
I guess, yeah, Jesse, it's not shock. It's definitely not shock. And I'm having trouble uh, putting words to how I feel about it. Can it be disappointment? You know what I sure. mean? Like, I am... I'm not naive enough to be shocked about it, but I am optimistic enough to be disappointed by it. Does that make sense? You yeah. know what I mean? But I don't know, because there's there's definitely not a level of shock that should happen in terms of, hey, a racist thing happened. And then and then um you hearing about it is I think that's just society where the news cycle now is so much quicker. So if something like this happens, you'll hear about it more instantly just because we're all so more connected to everything that's happening in the world. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't be able to hear about something that happens anywhere in the world 20 years ago because you're not as connected. So I think hearing about that and then looking at the incident, it's like, okay, there's racist and there's a racist, racist incident that happened. Why are we surprised that this exists like did, or weren't you aware that these people are there and they're gonna yes. attack yeah i think i don't know adam touched on something and i think it was also touched on in the in the comments that i said from patrice o'neill which i think he said like seven or eight years ago um i think we thought naively for sure once upon a time that you know racism had a certain face maybe or looked a certain way or happened in certain or places. Or carried with it shame that it's embarrassing and that it's that you you should be publicly outcasted for that. Shit, that's pretty good. Like, what happened to the... Sh where is the shame that used to accompany racism? Yeah, like, now, like, we're talking first few rows at an NHL hockey game being screamed literally at the subject. Like, it's... I don't know. I'm having trouble putting words to it. It's shitty. It's shitty, man. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. Do I need to go a different? What do you? Do think, I need to go higher than that? What do you think, it's, Jess? Um, it's making me angry. From your perspective, because you know, as as usual, you're the quietest one in the room. What is your perspective on a the incident? Not not because of the surprise. What's your perspective, and what should the conversation be coming out of this? I think I think the one the conversation should be the conversation that is always had after something like this. Okay, you need a you need to move forward and you need to try and make the world a better place and all that stuff. But like all these things, like that is just as bad as a minority being turned down for a job because there's someone who's not a minority who's just as qualified or even maybe less qualified, but they get that because of their skin color, you know? And those things are happening, and they're just not as outward as these things, and they all matter in society, yeah. and we're trying to progress as a society to move forward so those things don't happen. So you need to use an incident like this to draw attention to the underlying racism that also takes place in society right. and find a way to move forward from those things as well. Which kind of connects to what I was saying. Like, the, the first thing I thought of is... You know, okay, when that hockey game ended, or I guess it ended early for them, when they got kicked out of the United Center, where did they go? Mm -hmm. What happened the next morning? Where, you did know, they feel bad? Have they issued an apology? <laughs> when they got up the next morning, you know, put on their clothes, had their coffee, where did they go to work? What was their title? Did they have people working under them? How did they treat those people? Like that, that's, that's the sort of 
thing I was thinking about, the sort of thing that made me the most worried. It, it wasn't mm-hmm. just that Devontae smith Pelly got his feelings hurt, which of course he did, but it was where this goes after. Who are their friends? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I put too much thought into it. I don't yeah, know. But I was, I was thinking things like, who are their friends? What is the, what's the hope is kind of what I was thinking. So you hope that no one ever turns out that way. And then now we get, who was it, three or four people who did turn out that way, that they said those things. What's, who changes those specific people? You know what I mean? What is the, what's the hope in their own internal group? Like, are they, (laughs) I think, I think the instinct of friends is to support their friends. So do their friends know about this incident and are they going, oh, it's harmless. You know what I mean? And then Mm -hmm. does that spread? Because they're talking about this. Hey, I know the guys who got kicked out of the United Center. Like, who in that chain is the one to scream bullshit? Because it can't just be us. It can't just be Twitter. Because people brush off Twitter. Ah, social media. Whatever. People brush it off. Like, it needs to be you. You know, if if you see this happening... Are you going to be the person to actually say something? Does that make sense? Yeah. My disappointment with the specific incident of them yelling basketball, my disappointment is that there's no hard consequences to them for the larger society. Like they didn't get fired from their job. They didn't get, right. they didn't get fined $10,000 or anything. It's just okay. They got kicked out and then they move on with their lives. So and that, that was called, my point yeah. about shame. When when did this not be like this used to be shameful? If you were if you were caught doing this, you know you were you were shamed, and it, there's there's a punishment in that. And I'm not all mm-hmm. for like, listen, I I don't I I'm I'm there's so many there's so many layers to this, but what frustrates me is the brazen and the ease by which these people do this and walk away with nothing, as you said, Jess, mm-hmm. and that's my. I, I just don't know where the fuck this came from. And maybe it's because I'm a white guy and I grew up with white parents, but I just never expected this to rear its head the way it has. It feels like we're in 1952 again. And that, well, that so there's a certain Smith portion Pelly of sort, uh, sort of said that. He's like, you know, guys who were playing. Like Willie O'Ree. Yeah, guys my dad watched growing up went through the same shit. What's what's the improvement that it doesn't happen every single night anymore? Whoopee. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. I you know, we've talked a lot and and it's you know, I got to be honest with you because I've never personally experienced it. It's pretty hard for for me to to know, but you know, I I I Jesse, I just want to like the reason I ask you is because you grew up that skin color. You are that skin color. Sure. And it's important to hear from somebody that has seen that. Mhm. And has felt that. And I guess um, what, I've, what I admire about you and the, the certain times that we have brought this up is besides that everything uh, is that every time this stuff happens, you always are about, OK, how do we move on and get better from this? Mm. Uh, and I, I admire and appreciate that about you immensely. Um, and so now going forward, what's in you in your view? What can the NHL do in the future? Next time this happens, let's say this happens again, what do they do? Yeah, you see them, they're trying. 
like you they have this month is hockey for everyone hockey is for everyone hockey is for everyone which month, they've so. done for uh, worse timing yeah <laughs> and it may be also black history month i don't know it is also black history month which they have not really done anything for but that's another issue or the same issue i guess but um yeah you see them you see them trying to include people and you you want them to create that culture where hockey becomes for everyone and you see these incidents and they make their statement and it's not their statement isn't really actionable i would have it would have been nice if it was more actionable like these people are banned for life like there's a serious thing there if you're a person who is racist and would go to a hockey game and yell basketball you shouldn't be included in hockey at all like yeah. that should just be it. Like we don't we need don't want you, you. We don't need you associated with this game at all because that's not what it's about. So those are the things you want to see from the NHL, where it's like it's zero tolerance. Yeah, because it doesn't like there's no need for racism. It's it's literally zero tolerance for racism in all cases in any aspect of life. The other thing I admire about you, is, well, Adam said the first thing, but I'll say another one. Okay. Um, <laughs> Tell, is, tell me more about how awesome I am. I know you will. hate this, by the way. He hates this. <laughs> I know I know he does. Well, and that's what I admire about him, is that he freaking hates this. Oh what, no, because uh, when stuff like this happens, we, you know what's shitty? Jesse, we talked about this less than a week ago with the whole Colton Tuber thing, because when we had Eric Engels on the phone, you didn't say anything. And it's because every time something like this happens, I don't want to be like, we now go to our... Correspondent <laughs> yeah. on racist issues, Jesse Butler. Like, that's so unfair. We now to you. go to Trisha Takanawa on Asian studies. <laughs> what do you think, Trisha? Hey, black friend, what do you think? <laughs> no one's surprised. All right, thanks, Jesse. Like, no one's surprised. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, it's so unfair to you, but what I, why I admire is, like, similarly to how Devontae Smith Pelly was talking about it in that interview, this also seems like the last thing on earth you want to be talking about right now. Yeah. 100%. You don't, I think, yeah. No and one wants and to, to anyone who's sick of this conversation, trust me, if it didn't happen, we wouldn't be talking about it. We don't talk about things that didn't happen. Oh, so you Unless it's a trade. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about those a we, lot. We, we filled uh, five seasons of shows on that. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, we don't. Tell you what. Promise you. We'll stop talking about it when it stops happening. Um, let, you, let me know when that happens. You shouldn't. You should definitely shouldn't be sick of the conversation because having the conversation is the only way you can move forward. Yeah, totally for sure. So mm -hmm. if you're if you're sick of the conversation, we'll stop having it when it stops happening. Yeah, bingo, love it. Not sick of the um, conversation, sick of having to have it. Adam, you watch Chappelle's both specials. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, I always love when he brings up. Well, a couple like major black figures always bring up the story of Emmett Till. Emma Till, who was stone, who catcalled, allegedly catcalled a woman in, I, I think it's the 50s, or it might have been earlier than that, might have been the 30s, and was uh, stoned to death because a couple white men saw him catcall a woman from across the street. And then they, they took his body and they, they kidnapped him and they beat him to death. And then um, uh, the woman who allegedly was catcalled, she admitted on her deathbed last year that it never happened and Emmett Till died for that and you look at that incident and you fast forward to 2018 and a couple white dudes yell basketball at uh, a black hockey player and they get kicked out in a arena and they move on with their lives 
and you look at that six, uh, 70, 80 years ago or whatever happened to Emmett Till, and you look at he sacrificed his life for an incident that never happened because of whatever racism was going on at the time, and society hasn't moved forward that much, um, but there's progress being made, I guess, because um, it's, it's things have gotten better, but we're not there quite yet. And like that, like what you just described sounded like ancient friggin' Rome. That was America less than 100 years ago. That was, yeah. Your grandparents were about your age, most of you listening to this. Your sweet grandparent who you go, go talk to them right now. Go hang out with them. Have tea and a butter cookie. That happened in their lifetime mm-hmm. when they were young folks. Died people at, who are alive currently. Emmett Till died at uh, 1955 at the age of 14 in Mississippi after he was lynched. For, uh, uh, after a woman said she was offended by him in her family's grocery store. 1955. So we're talking like the back half of like Rocket Richard's career. To put it in hockey terms, I get why. Yeah, why did yeah. I have to? But uh, yeah. yeah, this shit is recent, crazily recent. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting when we get to seventy or eighty years old how how short that will feel. Because I can tell you, twenty to thirty, I'm almost thirty, has felt very short. <laughs> it's been like oh, yeah. like a decade seems like a long time when you're twenty. When you're 30, I'm sure when you're 40, 50, doesn't anymore. And it's, it will be very, very interesting. It would very, be very, a very interesting conversation to have with your grandparents, if you still have them, uh, to have that. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on, because I think we've said what we needed to. Mm-hmm. I think we've had a conversation we need to. If you want to continue the conversation, as always, tweet us, hit us up on Reddit, that whatever. Um, as I think you guys said it perfectly. Final thoughts? As soon as it oh, stops yeah. happening. We'll stop talking about it. Yep. Totally. Great. I would much rather talk about Chris Tanev. Uh Well, I, I want to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights being the number one NHL team right now. The number one team in the NHL is the Las Vegas Golden Knights. How? Now, question, How? question for you, and this, this sort of came up on Twitter, and this is a question for the room. So, Jesse, I expect an answer on this one. Which NHL team contributed most to the success of the Vegas Golden Knights? It would have to be the Florida Panthers, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? Well, I wondered about that. And if Marc-Andre Fleury had played the whole year, I would say it's the Pittsburgh Penguins. But because he's been injured and they were good anyway, and you could almost say Boston Bruins too because of Malcolm. Yep. But, but then he got hurt too. Yeah. So who'd they get Oscar Dansk from? <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit. No, it's completely insane. So you think it's the Florida Panthers? Uh, I would say so. Riley Smith. Uh, Jonathan Marcheseau, and uh, in a roundabout way, Gerard Gallant. Interesting. I need. I think you need to write an article on this. Do you? Yeah, I think you need to do the top five. The top five teams responsible for the Vegas Golden Knights' success this season. Interesting. Well, who gave them their best players? Well, I, who, who gave them William Carlson? Columbus. Mm-hmm. Who gave them James Neal? Nate Schmidt. Oh, Nate Schmidt, Washington. And James Neal's an interesting one too. From Nashville. How did Nashville lose him and get better? <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Uh, well, they were able to get Kyle Turris. Nashville had no centers. Insane. Go in the Stanley Cup Finals last year. I mean, they had centers, but you know what I mean. It's like there's a big difference between Colton Sissons and Ryan Johansson and you know Kyle Turris, right? As a, as a Leaf fan, I'm in this weird spot where uh, I wanted Brendan Leipzig to succeed. Uh, you know, I was a fan of his for so long and wanted him to do well with the Leafs. But now he's on Vegas and he's not doing so hot. 
And part of me is kind of like, yes. Why? <laughs> Which, and I don't feel good about that little part. I don't feel good about that part wow, of me. This is, the, like, yes. this is the second moment, this podcast, that you're a terrible guy. Because the, the Chris Kelly comment, I mean. Well, and what did I, in the previous show, I had another moment like that. And I, I can't, I can't remember even remember what it was. I'm just a bad person. <laughs> but, okay, I would be handling it a lot worse if Delise had given up William Carlson, for example. If Delise had given the Knights somebody 25 who had goal 30 scorer, goals, yeah. Who was ridiculous. on the fourth line? Jesse. Uh, Stephen Birch. I was trying to look through his Twitter. Does Steven Birch tweet a lot? Because I was like, I saw this thread about Vegas and them being good, and I can't find it on your Twitter. By the way, hundred tweets does he have since this morning? Twenty three hours ago, and I had to scroll through like a hundred. Steven needs to start a website because he's given this information away for free, and he at least should be getting the clicks. Oh. Adam, my God, we've had this and conversation. Stephen, by the way, if you're listening, personally. this is because we love you. This is not because we're not subtweeting Stephen right now. Okay, uh, no, all right. No, I, I just you know so, what? I'm gonna have stew tonight, and it's gonna be delicious. And you know how, where Mrs. Dangle got the recipe? Mrs. Birch. There you go. Because they're. Friends. I am a, a friend of the Birches. <laughs> and as their friend, I'll say you tweet too damn much. <laughs> Too much, uh, but you're smart. But you tweet too much. But you're smart. Tweeted that Vegas has score has scored goals at a higher rate than 29 other NHL teams. They have a top 10 GAA, and their PDO is 13th. While the team in second place, Tampa Bay Lightning, has the highest PDO in the NHL. They are arguably more legit than Tampa Bay. Also, well, and the standings would reflect that. Also, their entire management and coaching group was available on the free market. All of it. That is. And then uh, one of the replies was uh, Florida inexplicably giving up two top six forwards. Yeah. Nashville for not trading one of their D and protecting seven forwards in 3D. Boston for protecting the wrong Miller. And Washington for not making a side deal to protect Schmidt. So those are some of the responses. Who, or sorry, have the Golden Knights this season lost four out of seven games at any point no like i tell you off the top of my head no they haven't because that's what you got to do in the playoffs <laughs> who beats them who beats them right now okay if the playoffs start today who do they play i gotta see this i want to know who has to go toe-to-toe with that little water bug crazy one of the fastest Vegas, teams in the league. they get the second wild card which is minnesota not too bad they completely obliterate them. Although is a hockey game on right now, yeah, there is Buffalo and Washington. Two Toronto What's scouts, the... by the way, in the in the audience. Oh, however, they're apparently always there. Presidents yeah. Day. Yeah. Presidents Day. Is it the holiday? Yeah, Presidents yeah. Day. Oh, we have Family Day. Um, so this is interesting, and this this goes to show how important um, home ice advantage is. So Vegas on the road is good. 17, 11, and two. It's not mind blowing. It's just very good. And we always talk about the Vegas flu. They're 22-4-2 at home. That's so stupid. What about the Minnesota flu? 25-6. and six. Mm. And I would like to know how many of the six are in the shootout. They got a 3-2 and two shootout record, so maybe not that many. So, I mean, Minnesota, out of all those teams, might be in one of the best positions to take on Vegas. But let's say they beat them, then they're taking on one of San Jose or Anaheim. I think they kill the both of them. I they're Who winning beats the them? Stanley Cup. They might. <laughs> this is, this is the dumb. stupidest thing. Ah! 
Well, should that the, might be the other reason. That might be. Should in, the NHL be embarrassed? By their playoff format, they should have been embarrassed when they thought of it. No, with an expansion team leading the league. No, that's awesome. The that's NHL, great for business. This is a good thing? Great for business. Hey, all I know is that the NHL, the <laughs> NHL's executive makeup looks nothing like their sister leagues. Every GM in the league got fleeced. All of them. All of the you either got fleeced by Vegas or broke even. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like the Leafs, I think, would qualify as one of the teams that got off close to scot-free. Yeah. No team who's ripped off Vegas. Nobody yet. I mean, the Leafs got pickered from them, and it literally didn't matter. And they needed them so badly, and but they didn't. Every everything in the universe said that they didn't. The PDO stat is mind blowing to me because I would have switched spots. I would have oh, thought 100%. for sure they're the luckiest team in the history of the world. 13th. They're middle of the pack. <laughs> they're going to win the cup. They're legit. Well, and you know what's amazing is that's great for business because that means other people are going to want in the league. It, here's, but does it make a mockery of your league? I think it. What it shows is yeah. it, it makes a it it it's it's showing. What I think we should have known for 10 years since this cap, but 14 years actually since this cap was instituted, the key to success in this league are options, having options. And Vegas had a boatload of options and they took a cap friendly. Mm -hmm. Sorry. If you hamstring yourself like the Detroit Red Wings do to a bunch of people, you're out of options, right? If you're stuck to these people, what Vegas had were options. We can pick this guy. We don't have to pick this guy. You gotta keep. You gotta keep the door open. Okay, so Jesse and I are laughing right now. <laughs> are you looking at they're they're cap friendly? Yeah, we're they're at all the, UFAs, aren't they? Well, there's a lot of UFAs, and so and look at how many guys are on IR. Oh my God. Anyway, so you know we were talking about the high price for Chris Tanev. Mm-hmm. The Vegas Golden Knights have seven second round picks in the next three drafts. Yeah. And uh, their own first round pick in each of the next three. Like we're talking about how they could draft a great team down the line. And that's probably still the right way to go. Mm -hmm. But if they wanted to add, they would have zero problem doing it. Uh, How much cap room do they have? Jesse? Currently they're sitting at (laughs) their deadline cap space is 37 million. But their projected cap space space is 7.9. Yeah. Wow. So remember how we've been ragging on Montreal all year for um, having all that cap space and not even using it? Turns out you can build a good team just spending that much. That's all they've done. I don't get it. I don't. It's crazy. Okay. Here. Let's look at their team. David Clarkson is, I think, the highest paid player on the team, by the way. He's the highest paid oh, forward. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Absolutely hilarious. James Neal. We knew he'd be good. Fine. Riley Smith. I don't think we knew he'd be this good. Cody Eakin. Who was like, oh, no. He had three goals last year. With Dallas, who's yeah. doing great. David Perron is having, he looks like David Perron of five years ago. Mm-hmm. Like St. Louis David Perron, right? Yes. Do we know Eric Hall was this good? Oscar Lindbergh, Pierre Edward Belmar, William Carlson. Nobody on planet Earth. William Carlson had no idea he was this good. <laughs> he did not know. Alex Tuck, Jonathan Marchessault. Okay, Marchessault we knew. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> the one guy. Yeah. Um, like, th- this is the first place team in the league. I'm still, I'm looking at their cap friendly, and I'm like, man, I have heard of you because I've been to the ca- this cap friendly p- page b- uh, before, but that's it. Ryan Carpenter? I don't remember who that is. Do, so, what? What? are the other GMs just bad Thomas at Hicker? scouting their own talent? It might just be, again, it's options, man. I'm telling you it's options. It's but the, op- because they pick these guys, okay? They and then they're all amazing. Then yeah. It's not like they were given, okay, you get all this cap space and then go build a team from, like, free agents and trading. It was like, no, here's all these guys you can get. And then they're just all of a sudden really good. I think okay. I think that there's some there's it. the stars the star we can't lie the stars have aligned a little bit for them. No one expected yeah. William Carlson to have a thirty goal yeah. pace season, right? And they were using their fourth goalie for an extended period of time and still defined. It should that should that, have sunk them. That's insane. That would sink any team. That's Almost su- any team. That did that not Ben Bishop being a little off and Steven Stamkos being out last year. That the East leading Tampa Bay Lightning <laughs> did not make the playoffs last year. Two players. They lost three goalies. Look at this mutant. It's team. insane. I'm, I'm just it. I'm just looking at it. Sorry. What, what was I about to say? Oh, Adam, you're a big football fan. How many positions are there in football? Eight billion. Eight billion. There lot. are a lot of positions. There's a couple dozen? Twelve on each side, I believe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you've got, you know, third third stringers for each of them. Like the, yeah. the, 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 and then they go <laughs> Three or four deep. For yeah, the s- size of NFL teams is insane. Like crazy. Do, okay, this is uh, hmm, maybe I'm looking at the question in a dumb way, but I'm gonna go ahead and throw it out there, and you feel free to tell me I'm dumb. Does video game hockey have it closer than real life hockey? Because video game hockey will label players by like I, I don't know if it's like this the anymore. hammer. Well, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like and a the hammer flame. and a stick underneath you. No, but like a playmaker, a power forward, a grinder, a sniper. <laughs> yeah. Are there players who are? You've always talked about Bill Belichick is really good at finding players who are good at one thing and making them do that one thing. Is they that fit. what Vegas is doing? Are they just playing every player to the best of their ability? Are they putting them in a position to succeed? Justin Borden said something at the beginning of the season that stuck with me. Josh Levo strikes me as the kind of guy who could go to a team like the Coyotes and score 20 goals. Yes. Yeah. But are you a Stanley Cup winning team if Josh Levo is your third line winger? Adam. That's my question. I, on paper, wouldn't take any one of Vegas's lines and call it a first line in the NHL. And they're first place. Yeah. Like, so, uh, yeah, I don't think Josh Levo is a top six winger on a Stanley Cup winning team, but I don't know. Maybe he is. Like, uh, another thing Justin Bourne was talking about was Andreas Johnson and just kind of looking Johnson. at... Johnson, sorry. You're right, it is Johnson. Yeah, sorry. With two S's, sir. Yes, and who just decided... You and Andreas would get along great because they were spelling his name wrong for years and he just didn't feel like talking and explaining that. <laughs> we would get along. The most, the most Swedish thing to ever yeah. happen, I think. By the way, wrong. No, he, he took him. Anyway. Uh, he is... It doesn't Vegas teach a lesson in that sometimes all you got to do is give a player a chance? Mm. Like, would Vegas be the type of team to be like, Andreas Johnson, guy who's never played in the NHL, guess what? Second line left wing, and we all look and go, wow, Vegas is screwed. And then he gets in there and scores 17 goals. Okay. so You know what I mean? I give you a million dollars. Okay. You have to bet on 
Vegas's roster and cap situation winning a cup in the next five years or the Leafs' roster and cap situation? Who has a better shot? Who's set up better for the future? An expansion team or a established franchise that's been there since the beginning of the league? My answer depends on whether or not... Do they have a lottery protected pick? They do not. They don't, no. No. What are their first round picks? What do they have this year? Who's they? It's have? all their own. It's all their own this year. Yeah, they only have one first round pick in each of the next three. Okay. Yeah. I. You know. Here's the thing. The the one thing I will say about Vegas and and people who are fans of the team will not like me for this. Long term, and this is a very hockey thing. What's the? Who's the guy? Or who are the guys? Jonathan Marchessault for sure. Riley Smith, Cody Eakin, Nate Schmidt on defense. Schmidt. Shea Theodore. Okay. Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck. Yeah. Like, what the? <laughs> Listen to what we're saying. Marc-Andre Fleury's got another year. Um, the one thing that I will say, like, if you're comparing him to Toronto, the one thing that I'm happy that we have are the big three. Marner, Matthews, Nylander. Because I, I think skill-wise, those guys are just going to continue to get better. A lot of the guys on Vegas who are great, James Neal, 30 years old. Uh, Riley Smith. Oh no, he's twenty six. Um, Cody Egan, twenty six. Yeah, no, you're Eric right. Eric twenty six. Oscar Lindbergh, twenty six. It's insane. I don't know. Five years. Who has know. a better shot at a cup? Who has a better shot at having a more successful five year run? If my theory holds the up, Leafs, unless Vegas wins this year, which they might, <laughs> <laughs> which they might, who's going to stop them? <laughs> I would like to see a Nash, a Nashville Vegas. Thing. Like, series, yeah. Just like fans on fans, because they're both like the Vegas fans are bananas now. You know how we figure out hockey is okay, we'll figure out time travel before we figure out hockey. Because I think the only way to figure this out is to gather 200 hockey men in a room. Ah, trusted hockey men. Yeah. Of course. And be like, hello, I'm from 12 months in the future. We need to throw down the NHL standings in front of them and go explain this. And they'll be like, oh, well, it must be crazy puck luck. And then we throw down another stat and we go, nope, guess again. Uh, because every other team in the NHL was injured. Nope, guess again. Well, they must have had, uh, uh, Easy you opponents. know, Marc-Andre Fleury must be winning the Vezina Trophy. Oh, nope, guess again. It's just constant guess again. I want to know. No one saw this coming. I want to know who the person. I, wa- I want to know what person. What probably already rich person or blackout drunk person in Vegas bet on the Knights? <laughs> at, what was it at the beginning of the season? Five hundred to one odds. Uh huh. And who was just like thousand dollars? Let it ride. Should have done it. <laughs> I don't. I'm not good at mathing. What is that? Half a mil? Might be. I don't know. Is I don't know. What five hundred to one and you bet a thousand? I don't know how. Odds I don't work. know how odds work. Uh, it's, that's I don't. Long, I don't gamble, so it's I don't. Long know. division to me. I was watching a video on Vox's YouTube channel a couple weeks ago about a book by Michael, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Maubusen? Where is he? The Michael Mao. He sounds like a nerd. What game did he play? He is a very big nerd. What game did he, he play? He wrote a book called The Success Equation. And he What oh. Fortnite taught me about the Las Vegas Golden Knights? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. And he did this expose about uh, skill versus luck in games of skill and games of luck and how like chess is a purely skill-based game. You can't do anything. There's no luck in chess. And then he also took a look at the major, the four major sports, basketball, uh, baseball, football, and hockey. And UFC. 
and not UFC. Oh. Soccer was also in there. And and hockey ended up on the kind of, if you want to take a look at the graph, the kind of middle to higher end of the oh, I see. pure luck, pure skill side of the scale. No kidding. Yeah. So it's right in the middle. It's right in the middle of where luck, and this is all this is all regular season because playoffs is a complete crapshoot in all the sports he determined, except for baseball. No, except for I think basketball, it's more relevant towards skill in the playoffs as well. But this is the regular season standings, and basketball ends up very close to a pure skill range, and hockey's in the middle of a pure luck and pure skill. Oh. So that's why you see teams so consistently rebound year after year because they can be a great team but they're the the bad luck getting that year might not be able to outweigh the pure skill they have so it's a really fascinating book if you want to i gotta read that or just hit up boxes youtube youtube channel they try and summarize it in like eight minutes or something like that. i have got to read that yeah it's pretty cool i gotta read that so, i'm yeah, hockey, stunned at how close sport. together hockey football and baseball are mm-hmm. baseball especially no because oh. you look at baseball in the way um i would think that's when more you hit skill. a ball once it once it's being hit, you you can't aim uh, a hit. That's right. that's the thing, the main thing in baseball. Because like wind, etc. Yeah, or? once it leaves the bat, it's all up in the air. It's all luck at that point. But the, all the other positions, like having skill in fielding the ball, having skill in throwing the ball, determining your play calls and all that, all that skill. But kind of when the ball's in the air, it's all luck. And in hockey, the puck is the entire sixty minutes. The puck is luck. You're not really determining a lot of the bounces you're getting, where it's going, who's going to work towards getting the puck and throwing mm-hmm. it in what direction. So hockey kind of ends up in this lucky, skillful area of a sport. It's really Ho- fascinating. Hockey's think- kind of like one giant mistake, and the goals <laughs> are when something actually finally goes right. Yes. The yeah. answer is in the picture of this graph, which maybe you can put that in the YouTube video, but, yeah, yeah. The but uh, soccer, which is called football, Baseball. Where is it called football? In in I don't know Australia, uh, and then the other football, American <laughs> football. The answer is in the little black discus on the screen. The puck. It's not shaped like the others. It's completely weird. And you might have a breakaway, but if you received it and the puck is bouncing on you, or the puck is on its edge, or it's not completely flat, which I believe it spends most of its time not that way. It's completely up in the air. What does a puck resemble? Where did they get that from? <laughs> Every other know. sport. Horse poo. Horse poo? Is that what it Horse poo, was? like cowpies, yeah. Petrified, frozen. Because uh, yeah, that's what poo. my dad used to play with. Like, they used to, like, pay, you know, because horse poo on the, on the street, and it would be frozen, that's what they'd play hockey with. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm not, like, look that up. Oh, no, I'm glad. That's why I asked the question. I was like, where did they get the puck, by the way? Like, a ball's easy, right? You understand. Yeah. I get that. A, a puck, it's like, what? what is a puck? Maybe that's where the term shit happens comes from. <laughs> I don't think so. Imagine playing every day and the puck is not shaped the same. It's dependent on what you fed the horse. <laughs> hey, the one thing we have missed about the Olympics. Oh, speaking of which, I want to shout out the Jets here because they won. They won again. So the top three in the NHL are, are this. A team that didn't exist last year and two other teams that didn't make the playoffs. Top three teams in the NHL this year. Vegas, Tampa, Winnipeg. What is it? <laughs> we talk about randomness. And the most explainable is easily Tampa. Yeah. Well, don't, well, Winnipeg is too. Goalie. They have a goalie. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, what the f- 
And I just want to say, I want to shout out the Russians, by the way, and we shout out the Olympics because you know we gave the the Olympics a bit of an unfair shake at the beginning of the <laughs> I show. Know where you're going with <laughs> the Russians <laughs> never let us down. They never let us down. Russian player wins a bronze medal in curling. And it looks like he'll be stripped because he was doping. <laughs> so it was, was it melodium or whatever? I don't know what. Because I saw some people tweeting about how it shouldn't even be banned. I don't know what that thing is. I Is it banned? Is it on the banned substance list? Yeah. Then it is banned. Should you be taking something on the banned substance list? Well, it's interesting. You know, we, we look at it a couple different ways, right? So there was the Canadian uh, snowboarder. In Nagano, I think it was. You got caught with weed. Smoking pot? Yeah, weed in the system. Yeah, but that doesn't help you. Right, but it's on the banned list. Like, we're having the same conversation. Like, well, you knew it was on the list. Why'd okay. you do it? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what was another example of that? Nicholas Backstrom taking Sudafed before the gold medal game uh, between Sweden and Canada. And we're all like, it's freaking Sudafed. But what people were saying was, dummy... It's on the banned substance list, and you knew it was. Why'd you take it? Mm-hmm. So do we go closer to how we felt about the Canadian snowboarder or how we felt about Nicholas Backstrom with the with this guy? Because I have a hard time believing he had an unfair advantage in curling because he's yeah, like melodium I do, or whatever. Agreed, I do too. But here's it. The World Anti-Doping Agency, and this is from the Globe and Mail report on it, the World Anti-Doping Agency banned Melodium with effect from January 2016, deemed it a performance-enhancing drug because it enabled users to carry more oxygen to the muscle tissue, something of benefit to endurance athletes in particular. But, that, like, I don't know how that could... I can, uh, I can read it for you. Curling is Someone... surprisingly tiring. Have you ever done it? Oh, I bet it is. When, it's surprisingly uh, tiring. When I mean... Maria Sharapova got caught with Melodium, a deadspin Oh, it's the same thing. Yeah, the same thing. Interesting. Yeah, cause, okay. Because tennis had, um, the Melodium, you could take it in tennis up until, uh, I guess it would be 2017, Very January. Recent. They're like, okay, once January starts, you can't take more any more Melodium. Maria Sharapova goes to the first tournament. She has it in her system because she's been taking it this entire time because really big in Eastern Europe. So this deadspin writer, they're like, hey, I'm going to try and do it. I'm going to see what it's like. And Melodium is a drug that was developed and still mostly manufactured in Latvia, though you can buy it elsewhere in Eastern Europe. It was developed to enhance growth in poultry and livestock. But its main use in humans is to treat ischemia, a condition where plaque buildup restricts the flow of blood to the heart and through the body. So you have, like, heart disease. It's for your heart disease. It dilates blood vessels and can improve endurance and recovery, which seems to be why athletes use it. Um, so, so like, definitely a performance-enhancing drug. Yes. Especially for, like, a tennis. Yeah, when used by someone who's not sick. So the heart preferentially burns fatty acids as primary fuel, and melodium hijacks the mechanism that allows the fatty acids to enter the cell and allows for glucose to become the primary source of energy. Mm. Glucose is a little more efficient than fatty acids. It uses it, it, uses it less oxygen, so it wouldn't take a leap to figure out why doctors started looking at it for athletes to use. So that's uh, what a cardiologist said. Here's my stupid idiot brain. So are you telling me you could take melodium and then just have a ton of pixie sticks right before you go out there and your body's going to be like, I know exactly what to do with this. And you're a superhuman because of pixie sticks. Yeah. The melodium's telling your body, Hey, burn all the sugar and I can go crazy. 
Wow, that's yeah. fascinating. Question. That's cool. That's cool of that writer to be like, all dope. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for science. Yeah, she was a tennis player and she that's did it cool. just casually. So, oh. so I'm interested here. If if you're uh, wow. if you're a curler, how much? Don't laugh. Don't laugh at this question. It's a serious question. No, no. If you're a curler, how much does endurance play into your sport? So, and I'm not saying that it's, listen, for you, Steve, mm-hmm. tiring to do. Heavy rocks, and you don't do it a lot. <laughs> what are you saying about Steve's No, the endurance? sweeping is the, the curling. You're going to let Adam take shots at your endurance? Your curling endurance. I challenge you to a frumpy <laughs> five-kilometer race. No, Adam would kill me. Adam's all lower body. Um, I don't know why I flexed my upper body to show my lower body. That's what I do with my I, legs. I, yeah. Adam, Adam always goes, Grr. That might show explain why he has a stronger my, lower body. My leg biceps. Yeah. <laughs> Your back quads. That's right. <laughs> um, um, I don't remember where I was going with it. The Throwing the curling mm. rock. Is not the hard part. That requires a lot of skill, crazy flexibility. I can't believe when I see them, they super flexible uh, hip flexors. But the the sweeping part is actually surprisingly uh, I can see that. difficult and I'm amazed they're able to fly down the ice that quickly. How many out of shape curlers do you see? I've seen out of shape baseball players, I've seen out of shape golfers, and never seen an out of shape curler. Like completely out of shape. I mean, we grew up kind of watching like older older looking curlers, I guess, but never there's no, uh, like, who's the John Daly of curling? <laughs> With a cigarette and just yeah. a... Yeah, like, we haven't really seen Bleaked blonde hair and a beer. Yeah. But just because <laughs> no, you're old seen... doesn't mean you're out of shape. Different era. It's interesting. Yeah, maybe it's a sport where you got to be pretty good shape. Well, I would think at least your your upper body. And so so if that is the case, I don't know how much of an edge it gives you, but these are the Olympics, and you are looking for any edge you can get. And he did win a bronze, so, I mean. But the guy from the country that got caught doping and then banned to play in the Olympics should definitely be the guy taking steroids because no one's going to suspect that guy. Yeah, so- I mean, <laughs> I would look at Russia with extra suspicion because of that. Yeah. Would you not? I mean, Dude, like, yes. your entire family has yes. committed a crime, but you haven't been caught yet. Mm. We're just going to we're gonna keep an eye on you. Do we have an excuse yet? Because, like, I'll put money on I didn't know. What do you mean? Like oh, the, the, from the athlete is going to say, I didn't know is there a statement? I ingested it. Uh, not no. really. It was, uh, it was the, um, he but, hasn't, but a, a coach, a Russian coach, uh, we were all shocked when we found out yesterday. Of course, we very much hope it was some kind of mistake. Uh, with us, it's not faster, higher, stronger. It's about being more accurate. I can't imagine what kind of drugs you could use in curling. Uh, very hard to believe. Uh, and then, um, uh, so somebody, another, another coach said, uh, and this is the the Russian women's curling coach said it's stupid, but Alexander is not stupid, so I don't believe it. It's a very Russian statement. It's stupid, and Alexander is not stupid, so I don't believe. Uh, I don't believe he won the medal with his wife. How cute! Which is so cool. Also, That's a great story. Also, they report that he has left the Olympic Village, so he might be back in Russia. Just hanging Dealing out. with stuff. Just hanging out. Can't find me. Hiding from. <laughs> Can't find me. Oh, where did the where did the medal go? I don't know. <laughs> what medal? <laughs> what million dollar bill? It's like that reporter where, yeah. Oh, no, okay. Oh, when, I ordered a bunch of room service and now you can't find me. Yeah, oh, no. but Putin literally did that. What? No, or, it's I, from it was, the Simpsons. No, no, the one, the Super Bowl ring. Look at the story about the, oh, yeah, the Robert yeah, Kraft yeah. Super Bowl ring. He just took it. Yeah, he just took it and never gave it back. What to ring? <laughs> Why would you give him your Super Bowl ring, though? I would never. He wanted to try it on, Adam. And then it disappeared. I'd say, no, you have to earn one. 
Oh. Wow. Vladimir. Anyway, wow. good times. <laughs> uh, oh, curling's a fun sport. <laughs> well, this it's is difficult. I, I just I, think this story is so interesting. Like, it's just curling, man. It's if you have the opportunity to try it, do it. It's fun. It's it's we're talking about steroids. Yeah. Oh. Cocaine. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> it's competitive. Uh, but competitive casual, cocaine doing. And you can drink. And you can drink doing cocaine. I'm talking about curling, Adam. <laughs> You know what? what? Do you remember? Okay, remember about 15 years ago, Dick Pound, real name, uh, Canadian guy, head of the anti-doping. Dick Pound is Canadian. Yeah, Canadian guy, head of the IOC's anti-doping agency. We found who Scott from South Park is based off of. Yeah, Scott's a dick. Dick's a dick. <laughs> um, and so he he used to just like throw accusations out there. Hmm. Uh, but but he, he's he does not like the NHL. Not no, fan. and I remember at the time he said. The NHL, which at the time was not doing any testing at all, was he said, basically, they're all doing it. Now, what's interesting about that is at the time, the same, they used the same arguments that we're using for curling. How could doing steroids help an NHL player? Because at people the time, were that? yes, because <laughs> even the players, because at the time, and you can look up the quotes, they, people looked at PED use as a strength builder. They didn't use it as oxygen or they didn't think of it. You know, the, the average consumer didn't look at it as oxygen to the blood. Uh, yeah. It manhandle these pixie sticks and you'll be able to blow through them in your mo- in your muscles. Like you, you look at a guy like Lance Armstrong. Yes. That guy's I've never been the biggest person in any room he's ever walked into. But world-class athlete. And world-class steroid user. <laughs> Apparently. One of the greatest of all time. He is one of the greatest. <laughs> if you're going to be the greatest at something. Like, in human history, if you look at Lance Armstrong, he is one of the best steroid users ever. Yeah. He used it to set one of the greatest records ever. Yeah. Of his six, I think, uh, Tour de France records. Yeah, like, I put him up there with Mark McGuire in terms yeah. of greatest Talking. steroid users. We should have an all-time great steroid users list. <laughs> we should have a Hall of Fame for steroids. Hockey is so weird because, like, be- being an in-shape hockey player is, like, a 40-year-old thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, didn't happen. Being a, a hockey player and athlete is yeah. like a forty-year-old thing. Yeah, like like Turk Broda has the same had the same upper body as I do. I, like he I he, is, he looked exactly like I do with the same boxy square body. And I, yeah, I heard a story where uh, you know a young up-and-coming goalie he got to use a nice surface after playing with a you know much more established goalie in the NHL, mm-hmm. and uh, the younger goalie I don't think was in the NHL yet. And uh, he's going through his whole stretch routine, and the older goalie goes up to the younger goalie, and he goes, uh, "How come you're stretching?" He goes, "Well, I'm supposed to, so I don't, I don't pull a muscle. Don't you stretch?" And the older goalie just goes, "Yeah, you can't pull fat." <laughs> <laughs> All right. And this was in the, the late nineties. Yeah. Okay. So that's just insane. The conditioning is a new thing. Like, yeah, that happened <laughs> while Animaniacs was on the air. Like, that's how reason that was. If you took a 13-year-old from today. Yes. A 13-year-old who plays AAA for the Toronto. What's the Toronto AAA team? Marlboros? Marlboros. Okay. The Toronto AAA team. Markham Waxers. He's 13. If you drop him in 1941, can he win a Vesna? Mm, oh, the goalie. The goalie. Yeah. Asterisk. You give him all equipment. Give him all the modern day equipment. 
Oh, you give him the modern day for sure. Yeah, but you, if he's carrying those Vespa? twenty pound things on his legs, because those get those pads used to get wet, right? Yeah, and not not nineteen forty one pads. We're hoping he doesn't snap something <laughs> in his leather know. skates. <laughs> my dad says they used no to, mask. My no. dad, growing up in Montreal, because of course we're Habs fans, he he said they used to go to the rink and it was outdoor. Of course, they never played indoor, and they would go and they would pull their hockey hockey skates out of the bag. And they'd pull them out and put them like this in their hands, and the and the boot would just flop over. Yeah, this uh, insane. Like, yeah. <laughs> our boots were made of like Kevlar. It, you could shoot my skates out from under me, and it would not pierce my foot. My dad had a piece of leather that just went <laughs> like what? How didn't over. you just break your everything? Ankles? Well, they yeah. did. Every shift. They broke every every kid in that generation broke a bone. I have yet, knock on wood, to break anything ever. I'm thirty almost. Anyway, sorry, random. That's crazy. Random. Um, just uh, some. It's, uh, neither have I, but it's something that that I'm more and more reluctant to say out loud. Just okay. in case. I just want to throw this one out there, guys. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are looking to help out GM Glenn or uh, Ken Holland. Oh yeah. The Toronto Maple Leafs are going to help him out big time. Oh, if no, what no, Frank Cervelli no, 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 of TSN no, 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 says no. is true. Shut up, mm. Frank. What do you think? Guess the deal. Luke Glenn Denning. Okay. Was wait. What is he saying? I'm not. I'm not telling you. I'm Did saying trade guys, happen? No, it didn't happen yet. Here's the rumor. And I would love to see us get Mr. Zetterberg. I would love to see us get Mr. Zetterberg. And then nah. next season he goes on IR or wherever he wants to go, and we replace that uh, loophole's position with Zetterberg. Yeah. Well, and what's confusing about that is I think if he retires <laughs> would early, it be, would it be renamed Zetterberg Island because Detroit. he's a Hall of Famer? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Zetterberg Island. Because like, Roby Daw. Like I feel bad for <laughs> Stefan. I mean, he's he's. Trying to think of a clever name. I'll get there. Who do you think? Look at look at uh, Detroit's cap friendly right now. Mm. Tell me how the Leafs are help, helping them. Go. So you say Glenn Denning, and what's going back? Jesse, please. Please what? Tell me. What do you think? Who Don't look are at Twitter. We who who are the Leafs after currently right now, according to Frank Cervelli? I'm looking up there. We are. You said this is a bad thing, right? I don't know, but I think they're helping so the Leafs. Trevor Daly. When was this tweeted? Recent, like literally a couple minutes ago. Oh, Trevor shit. Daly, because this is a bad thing. Trevor Daly, that's a defenseman. That's smart. Okay. Oh so no, it's not Mike Green, is it? That's that wouldn't be too bad. Uh, not. I think the price okay. for Mike Green's gonna Defense be expensive. Defense or forward? Can I'm not telling that? you. Nope. How are the Leafs helping Detroit? Not Darren Helm. Boy, I just up and down. Don't want so don't much want... of this roster. Thomas, no. Pick one. And then tell me what the trade trade back is. All right. I'm settling on Luke Glendenning. Four. No. A couple draft. Uh, what draft pick? You have to say what? You a have second to... round draft pick. Oh, no. Oh, no. Luke Glendenning for a second round draft pick. I think Jesse nailed it. What do you think? No, you got to pick someone. No. Why do you nah, say Jesse? You can't. You can't pick Why? my guy. And also, okay, he... Glenn Denning. I was I was trying to pitch a deal where it was something along the lines of the Leafs are able to get Mike Green, along with Luke Glenn Denning, in exchange for Matt Martin, maybe at salary retained, and you give them a high pick, in which was in in exchange for Green, ideally one of the seconds. Is that what you're selling on? That's what I'm going to say. Jesse fucking nailed it. No! That's sweet. No! 
Like, nailed it. No! Is it, is it Glenn Dunning for a second? So here's the deal. Fuck You're yeah. nuts! According You're to... nuts! Hold Stop! On. Hold on, hold on. Toronto offered a fifth. Uh, oh. Detroit wants a second. Uh, You're nuts. Toronto will not give them a second. Ah. Uh, but Jesse, you nailed it. Like, that was really long. good. Contract it's, is too long. Well, no, and someone posted, um, trying to remember who it was. Here, can I use this page right here, Jesse? Really? Okay. Uh, I want to say it was Sean. Was it Sean Tierney who posted? So, Glenn Dennings, um, advanced stats, effing stink. They are oh, they're bad. very bad. They're bad. Not a great player. Sorry, I'm trying to I'm find it right now. Chart. I got it here. You got his hero chart? See, that's last year, though. Oh. Well, they're bad last year, too. Do hero charts only update on a yearly basis? No, I want to say the site went offline or something. Or That sucks. NHL hiring, hopefully. Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly. There's been there's way too much of that going on. Glenn Denning, and if I can't find it now, we're not going to talk about it. Yeah, okay. Anyway, he's, like, in one of the worst percentiles in, like, almost every category. He's not a great player, guys. And he's going to be your fourth-line center making 1.8 for the next three years. I suppose he can kill penalties. Boy, yo, boy, yo, boy, yo, boy. No. Would you do it for a fifth? To have 1.8 tied up on your fourth line? No, because I feel like you could go out any given summer and get a better center at a better price for like your fourth line center is something that if you really wanted to you could replace every year yeah of course mm -hmm. you should be able to draft your way out of that problem for the love of god come on are you telling me that's how long it's going to take adam brooks to get ready james like, Glenn denning's not even a big guy james myrtle the worst part about the least potentially getting glenn denning is babcock plays him a ton 16 plus minutes 39 times he had seven points in those games would be the ultimate comfort goat uh, with three years left on his contract. You're nuts. You're nuts. You're nuts. Hopefully it stays at that. Um, is uh, If you trade a fourth, then it's Soshnikov for Glenn Denning. Also, no. Nicholas Delorier just signed a two-year, two-way deal with Montreal. I know that's interrupting, but I'm just throwing that out there. Meh. It's breaking is, news. Uh, is Fergie next? Oh, oh my God. do you want to do first? Is this a three-hour show? It is, I think. Let's go. Ready? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to push. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> anyway, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, that just broke. Otherwise, I would have gone right into Fergie. So, NBA All-Star Game, LeBron. Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah, there was a whole bunch of faces shown. Russell Westbrook. Oh. James Harden. Everybody's faces were shown laughing during this performance. Oh. So this is Fergie singing the Star Spangled Banner. Oh, no. And I see. I haven't heard this yet. I think she's trying to do like a jazz club sort of thing. She's trying to do the yaz. Oh, no. And oh, I, this is my nightmare. Two and a half minutes because the American National Anthem is long. Perform the Star Spangled Banner is an acclaimed singer, songwriter, actress, and eight-time Grammy Award winner from Hacienda Fergie Heights, California. Grammys? Fergie. Black Eyed Peas. If you're if you're listening or watching on YouTube, you can't hear any of this, else we would not be able to get ad revenue on this. So you will have to go to the NBA's YouTube channel or Twitter to find this video. Okay. Oh yeah, because it, it'll, it'll get taken yeah, down. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, sorry. we can't yeah, this on YouTube. Sorry. Sure, bye, Jesse. <laughs> Very good. Oh, 
you were like two notes in. By the dawn's early light, what so proudly wail at the twilight's last gleam. Thank God there's only one anthem. This reminds me of like three different Christmas carols all at once. Rappers laughing a minute in, like he's they they cut to him. Everyone who is clapping is so disrespectful. <laughs> like when when there's like before she hits the last note, everyone's like yeah, like no, you yeah. weren't feeling that, you liar. Colin Kaepernick never, <laughs> never, never just the anthem like that, never. So okay, there were two reactions to this that I saw. Uh, long before I heard this version, that was my first listening, and I'm dying. I'm dying right now. One was very nice. Oh, uh, Cabby Richards, uh, for our American listeners. Never if heard if of you him. don't know who he is, he works for the Three Letter. He um, the... d- does a lot of funny <laughs> interviews and stuff, uh, and is what? What? How would you describe? Him? No, I just I think it's completely unnecessary and so Steve to go into like an eighty minute diatribe about who Cabby eighty Rell- minute diatribe <laughs> about who Cabby Richards is before he just reads a funny tweet. Hold on, let me spend the next twenty minutes explaining. There's a guy, guy. with a hundred thousand Twitter followers who got Kobe Bryant to jump over a Lamborghini. But let me explain he who he is. He in a helicopter with him <laughs> from Cabby. Who you are all expected to know. Real name Cabral Richards. It is. Respect to Fergie for her rendition of the Star Spangled Banner. Creatively took a chance, gave it your own flavor for a TV show known as the NBA All-Star Game. Keep taking chances as any fearless artist does. Now, 
that's an optimistic way of looking at it. Um, is it fair to say she took a chance and also executed it atrociously? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can take a chance and fail. Yeah. You know what? I, I liked Fergie took a chance uh, with the Black Eyed Peas when they did the Super Bowl because the Black Eyed Peas obviously were not very good live ever. She is a, the actual, she was really talented, is uh-huh. a really talented singer. She did uh, She did Sweet Child of Mine with Slash, and it was really good. And I was like, wow, that was really great. And people were like, man, didn't like it because it wasn't Axl Rose. But I thought she was killer. Unbelievable. Fun fact, those two went to high school together. But beyond that. Pierre. Uh, I know. Colorado Rockets. Uh... <laughs> That's right. Fergie went to Shattuck St. Mary's. Same place as Sidney Crosby, Zach Marie's. Sorry. Wait. Can you believe that Fergie did that with the anthem? I can. I can. I believe it because she was in the Black Eyed Peas and before that she was in some other thing and then friggin' sounded like three Christmas carols all at once. What I will say is this. It sounded like I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. What I will say is this. It did. It did. If you're going to take a chance with the national anthem, make sure you nail it. And if you're going to take a chance with the national anthem, don't do it. On one of the biggest, like, Super Bowl, NBA All-Star game. Why NBA... always the NBA All-Star game, by the way? Because Nelly Furtado was the last to catch grief for it, and she put her own twist on the national anthem, and everyone was like, what the hell is this? Yeah, or that guy that changed the uh, the uh, El Devo guy or whatever. The See, guy... That, that wasn't changing a style. Oh, that yeah. was he changed to... the lyrics. He changed the words and sent a message. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, that was the also... MLB All-Star game. Yes! <laughs> What's with all yeah. yeah, really. So... So this is Charlemagne the God. Oh, who I love. Who is ruthless. I can Fergie must be Donkey of the Day. Yes. Has to be. Tomorrow I can't I can't we'll wait to hear it. it. Yeah, we'll find out. It's he wouldn't be on the air today. No, no presence. Yeah. Damn it. Okay, well, Tuesday Donkey of the Day. Unless someone does something stupid, which I'm th- sure they will. <laughs> First of all, he posts like ten laughing, crying faces in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Why Fergie? <laughs> Uh, why Fergie voice and brain took a knee? <laughs> <laughs> wow. You can't fuck up like this when you're the host of a singing competition. True. That's Absolutely <laughs> true. Very true. Somebody needs to challenge Fergie for her seat on Fox's The Four immediately, followed by five more crying, laughing faces. I forgot that that was a show, by the way, because American Idol's coming back, and there's, of course, The Voice. Yeah, yeah. I don't the see four, a billboard I on it when I'm coming in. It's she and by the way, this is singing competition. Not taking away from her, who is it? She's a brilliant singer. She's done some great things. She's had a huge career. Whether or not her music is your thing is immaterial. She's yeah, had a huge yeah, career. Yeah, yeah, but the uh, the anthem at the All Star Game is not an eighty two game season. True. <laughs> you do it and you nail it, or you don't. Yep. Yep. So anyway, let's just say it was bad, and we'll leave it at that. Press conference. The presser. Can we can I just be on the record and say I freaking the worst part about going to sports events is listening to the national anthem beforehand? I hate it. No, there's plenty of other worst parts. I can't stand it. I'm done. I've heard the national anthem. We know. We love your country. I love my country. Do I need to sing the national anthem to prove that I love my country? Absolutely not. Yes, you do, scream thousands of angry goatees. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It is February 19th, and we have yet to do our updated Stanley Cup final prediction. Oh, this one's going to be fun because I think I think things have changed significantly, right? Like you got you got a little more weirdness. Boy, who boy, boy. is your pick, Steve Dangle? 
So I'm, I think I'm sitting on Nashville versus Tampa, right? I believe so, yeah. I, I think you and Adam both had that last time. I'm just having such a difficult time envisioning anyone beating Vegas. I'm having a really hard time. In fairness to Nashville, have they lost four of seven at any stretch this season? Uh, Maybe. Probably not. Twice. Oh. I mean, is Tampa? Probably not. Um, but I don't think that's how the playoffs work. No. I still keep... I'll keep... Ah, I'm going to keep Nashville in the West. Um, I just... Ah, I don't know if I believe the Californian teams. <laughs> I think Vegas beats at least one of them. Um, Minnesota might be dangerous if they get home, home ice advantage, but I don't know if they're going to get it. In the East, it sucks. The Leafs, I think, would have such a much better shot at winning the Cup if they the didn't have to almost guaranteed go through both of Boston and Tampa to do it. Yeah. If they're in the West or in the – well, I don't know about the Metro, but I think if they're in the West, the East, the Leafs might be one of the favorites to come out of there easily. Man, uh. so either I keep exactly what I got with Tampa and Nashville or I throw in Boston, which sucks because I'm basically calling for the Leafs to lose first round. Oh, I, I, I see. Here's where – Boston has been, they have an incredible line that's impossible to stop. But what do we know about the playoffs? Uh, it's possible to do that. <laughs> I don't think that that's necessarily the case. Yeah. Who's The last three, four years, we've had pretty balanced teams win. Right? I mean, listen. The Penguins and yeah, the Penguins. Penguins and the Penguins. And then Chicago, L.A. These are teams that are four-line teams. Star we, power with balance. Yes. Are we convinced that Boston is that? And I don't know. I think I'm selling them short because I've been saying that for a while that um, I went on they a, have the one line and then not much else. I went on a college station in Boston in the fall when they weren't considered to be that great. And even the Boston fans, they were their Boston fans and they were like, nah, <laughs> this is this is a one line team. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's changed. <laughs> I'm going to keep Tampa because they've looked a lot more mortal recently, a lot more defeatable. Uh, but I think about a team like Boston and the way they play. I think it's better for playoff hockey, but I just – can Zidane Chara go through this again? Like that guy – at some point, the wheels are going to fall off, and he's just going to – that's not going to be a gradual fade. It's going to be one day we're going to be like, oh, Chara stinks, and he's just going to have to drop his stick mid-shift and retire. I, I, I think it's going to be like that for him. I, I'm going to keep Tampa, but, man, Boston's good. So – and the Leafs are also good, but shit, they got to go through those two. <laughs> Tampa, Nashville? Tampa, Nashville. Adam? I'm staying Tampa, Nashville. I can't see. Playoffs Damn, are a different guys. animal. I know, but I can't see anybody. Like, you look at Nashville's top two line. Can I make a And that doesn't even pick? get to Colton no. Sissons down the center as well. Mm -hmm. But, like, you, how your top four on defense in Nashville is insane. And then you've got. Johansson and Torres, and they're doing well. And Benino. And Benino. And like. And <laughs> potentially Rick Nash. And maybe you add Tolvin in, get Forsberg back from injury, Arvidsson. Ah! Yeah, I don't know. Hard to bet against them. I'm going with that. 
correct answer, Stanley Cup Finals this year will be uh, the Calgary Flames coming out of the Western Conference. What? They currently sit out of a playoff spot, but they will go on a miraculous run. There's always a hot team that gets into the playoffs. And why not pick the Flames to be hot? Calgary will start burning hot. Ah! Come, uh, come these next couple months, and they, they might have seen their arena plans torched. <laughs> but, you know what's great is nobody will hear that joke because this is going to be a three-hour podcast. <laughs> the camera's died again. Oh, I did. Okay, my uh, camera. Yeah. All right. Well, you can't see this, but uh, the correct answer is the Calgary Flames. Okay. And uh, in Game Seven, the Cam- Calgary Fl- no, they won't be hosting. Oh, uh, don't make them lose Game Seven again. No, the Calgary Flames will be coming. To Game Seven in Toronto, oh! where oh, they Canadian will final. where they will beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. Whoa! No, Boo. unfortunately, Boo, Jesse Anderson will have us. He will struggle. Calgary will win Game Seven of Stanley Cup Finals in Toronto six two. It will Whoa! be. A, it will not be an exciting final game, and they'll raise the cup triumphantly. Now, this isn't Steve being negative again. This is, someone sent me this on Twitter and I couldn't help but think of it. They sent me an NHL 18 thing where Vegas wins the Stanley Cup and they're taking their team photo in their road jerseys. The logo on the ice is the Leafs one. If the next time the Stanley Cup is awarded in Toronto, the cup does not go to the Toronto Maple Leafs, I don't know how I would handle that. I would sob. (laughs) Wow. Uncontrollably. Especially if it was a Game 7 scenario. Mm-hmm. I want them to get swept or win it. But I need them, because like in order for my ego to handle it, I need them to ha- not even have a chance. Yeah, you can't get that close. Oh. <sighs> Washington, I keep looking back at that series and going, God, they could have done it. Man, that's, that's, no. that's worse around. Can't have that. Washington is my sleeper pick, by the way, this year. And, you know, I mean, obviously I'm a Toronto fan. I'll cheer for the Leafs all the way. I think this is the second of a building year. I think if they make the second round, that's the victory. To me, the Capitals are a team that have no pressure. It's always a, they were squeezing it last year. Like, oh, we got Shattenkirk. We better do it. Now it's like, well, hey, we're doing okay. Hey, we're still a pretty good team here. I got 20 bucks. Says Penguins beat them again. Mm-hmm. 20 bucks? I put 20 bucks on that. Yeah. Right now. Done. All right. 20 Done. bucks if Pittsburgh plays Washington in the playoffs. So if, if Washington never plays Pittsburgh, do I still get 20 bucks? Absolutely no. not. Oh. <laughs> also, you still Pittsburgh owe me, didn't beat them. You still it, owe me my sweatpants. Oh, I do. Here, you'll have to come over afterwards. I hey, will. let's wrap up the show. I left my pants at Adams. It was a long one, but it was a good one. There was lots to cover. Thank you so much. We this went is... up, we went down, we went back up again, and we picked our Stanley Cup favorites, which really didn't change, except for Jesse, who's oh, like... Oh, shit! I have one more thing! Jesse has got one more I thing. I closed my laptop. And it's mind-blowing. Um, about a month ago, we told everyone to head over to YouTube.com and type in the Revelers at the <laughs> Opera House. We should do an update because the video is currently sitting at 383 comments. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Some That's of the best look. comments include Don Pompey sent me here. <laughs> Fred Van Fleet sent me here. This one's Fred my Fred Van Fleet. No, not that. I think that's just funny. Oh, okay. I don't know if they. Th- I don't look like Fred Van Fleet. Like, How dare you? You Make don't look like Fred Van Fleet. Yeah. Uh, my favorite. This is from Robin Hoft. Similar production value to Steve's channel. Oh. And if you've seen this Rebels video, it looks like it's shot with a calculator. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, we didn't have great digital cameras in the early 2000s. Uh, some of the other ones are Drew Doughty for Norris, uh, Pitchfork's <laughs> Best New Music sent me here, a comment from Steve Dangle that says Jesse sent me here, and Good Guitar Plur. Nice. Hey, question for you, Jesse. Um, how many times have you heard from people that you look like the guy from Fortnite? Never. Never heard that. Never heard of that? Okay. All right. Nope. If you were to play Fortnite, would that be the guy you picked? No, I want the badass chick with the machine gun on the cover. That is pretty badass. Yeah. I gotta the, play that game. With the Adam Wilde smirk. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we love you guys. We'll see you Thursday. Tuesday. Wednesday. What are we doing? <laughs> what day? Four we- podcasts this week! <laughs> what day are we doing? Coming at you! What day are we doing? Uh, Wednesday, I think. Okay, Wednesday. Wednesday. All right, no we'll see you Wednesday. Maybe we should do it Friday and give them four days. That was the end, man. (laughs) Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness.